0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Happy Monday, guys. It's a, it's a tough Monday. It is a Monday following a tough close to the Crosstown shootout. It is a Monday following a loss in the Crosstown shootout. It is a Monday that I've had to live for the past five years following the loss in the shoot shootout, but it's a Monday as well where there's a game on Tuesday, a chance to, come, to to get back in the win column, a chance to continue the push on in what has been a pretty fantastic start to a college basketball season for West Milling and the crew. And of course, it's another Monday where the transfer portal is alive and well. The hometown hero says he's coming back for another year. It's also a Monday where there was a lot of big-time NFL, Bearcats in the NFL. Hashtag Bearcats in the NFL. Aaron Smith knows what I'm talking about. It's also a Monday where I'm going to welcome my guys, the pals, the boys, the crew. Only the crew. We had back-to-back-to-back great guests, but now we we got the crew. We're back. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? We're here. (laughs) we're here it's
1: uh it's good it's good just had dinner with some family getting home getting situated getting the dogs taken care of and uh ready to do a podcast
0: there you go man that's 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 all we can do these days man just a good old podcast day chad how was your viewing experience on saturday where did you head to
1: i was here um (laughs) It was funny. I uh, was being a little voiciferous uh, watching the game. And, you know, normally I'm either at the game or, like, for football games, we're at the Grail. Right. So the puppy has never experienced me watching a game before. Okay. And she was terrified. (laughs) Like, terrified. She was on the couch with Kelsey in the living room, shaking. She went upstairs at one point and, like burrowed herself under the covers of Kelsey's bed. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, Kelsey's in here, and we're just joking around and laughing. And the puppy's, like, very, very quietly, like, gauging. the sit. like, is its is it all right? Can I – is he going to yell at me? <laughs> there, there's very little voice raising going on in this house, so she was not used to it, did yep. not know what to expect, and it freaked her out. It was funny,
0: yeah. Especially this game too. Uh, not not one to uh, to be the first viewing experience. Just has to be the cross country. That one that had some very frustrating moments. So I yeah, I imagine it's a scary, scary time. But uh, she did not enjoy it.
2: Even even yesterday,
1: even Sunday, she was like, "Is it is it all right? Is this testing the waters? Are things okay around here? Am I allowed to?" walk into dad's office no no Uh, it's it's not until you uh, guys man i don't i don't like the game's over it's it's over
0: yeah i know
1: aaron was still upset yesterday i know you said you were still mad yesterday i just i don't know games don't do that to me anymore
0: it does it to me i just this one if i'm being honest i can i can get over a tough loss to like houston or Memphis, but it's just it's just this damn one. That's, so that's fair. That's where I'm at. Aaron, how are we, sir? Where was your viewing experience <laughs> in beautiful Athens? Were you able to to scare old Brennix? What was going on down there? Um, I had the house
3: pretty pretty empty most of the game. Okay. Um, that was that was for the best. I missed a a holiday party, but it's fine.
1: There'll be other holiday parties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Holidays are here. So party away, baby. And Mr. Royer
2: heard the boys in the background, baby. They're pumped for the BvP on a Monday night. <laughs> Good, man. Nothing like uh Monday night hockey. The Sabres just ripped a goal. So they're 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 active back there. <laughs> um that was kind of like what my weekend was like. It was chaos. I had uh, uh Perry Young, Tyquan Statham. They uh they linked up. Back in uh, Cincinnati, they are staying at my house. Um, had a bunch of the old crew, uh, some of the old football guys, came over for the SantaCon festivities. We had Will Huber in the building, Bolden in the building, Perry Taekwon, Ty Sponseller, Bryce Burton, all household names in the Bearcat universe. <laughs> um, the but then ball. Saturday night, um, our boy Alec Pierce took the old Jefferson House roommates out to uh a nice dinner in Otr. Oh took the tab like a like a boss. So it was uh it was a fun I, mean, I mean he ain't making sorry. that kind of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and bird on the me and Bird on the table eating all we can I don't know how he that's, put that's up that. that's why
1: it was OTR
3: and not rubies. <laughs> like it, you, right. I mean, you notice it was OTR. <laughs>
2: it's fine. We went to five on vine it was really good. Shout out five on vine great food great service never um, had it what
1: kind of what kind of grub
2: it's kind of like, um, uh, it's not like a steakhouse, but it serves like steakhouse quality steak. Um, it kind of gives like an in-between steakhouse and just kind of like nicer restaurant vibe. Okay. Um, it's good. I, it's, I, it's newer too. Um, it's like right up, right on Vine street in the middle of OTR. Um, good, good environment, good vibe to it. It's cool. I recommend it. Um, but then went to the game with uh all all the Jefferson boys. We went to the game on Sunday. Got to see Alec and uh the legend Mr. and Mrs. Pierce. Hey. The shout best out. parents. <laughs>
1: hey. Uh, Mrs. Pierce is awesome. Greg?
3: Yeah.
1: Friend of the show. All right.
2: He's uh, all right. Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg's all right. He is. He could be cool sometimes, but sometimes I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, it was it was a solid weekend besides that uh that game on Saturday I was very shocked at the result didn't do much watching of it I have to be honest with all that chaos going on we went straight from the the Santacon straight to the dinner and as you can imagine what what kind of pre preparation a lot of us were doing have yeah, get all I'm about to say how how lit was that dinner turned it up and it night. was <laughs> you know, we obviously we can't do anything crazy. Alec has a game the next day, but right, um, it was it was it was an, it was still a good time. But the boys definitely had to had to shake off shake off some uh, oh.
0: yeah you know. thrills of before. So, question though, did you wear your your Santa Con outfit to dinner?
2: <laughs> do you remember what I showed you guys what I was wearing last week? Oh yeah, yeah that well, that thing was not going in the nice restaurant. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we had to do a change it, and the whole, you're getting rained on the whole time. So you're soaking wet and yep. I had to go home, hop in the Uber, change, shower, all that, and try to make it to dinner. And with a couple drinks in, you it makes it a little more difficult. Oh yeah. We made it. Boom, baby. There was no, uh, crosstown on in the background
0: during SantaCon. I imagine. Well,
2: I little- could, dude, it, it was a nightmare. Like, I, I didn't even, I went into Holy Grail, and I was like, all right, you are not getting a drink here. So then what you can do is I've discovered you just go to this, they put in a little corner store down there right by the Ruth Chris, and you can go buy, like, packs of beer. So I, I just went and bought, like, a 12-pack of Bush Light, and just stood outside the gate, just chilled. <laughs> but then I, like, walked away and that for five seconds, and someone stole, like, the whole case. <laughs> no someone just walked away with it. So I was like, all right, whatever. It was probably Santa. Yeah, it was. Santa. Was like, <laughs> somebody, oh, somebody yeah. in a Santa suit stole Royer's. <laughs> no, it had to be the Grinch, man. It had to be the Grinch. It might've been the Grinch. <laughs> been the Grinch. I, Ryan, Stored I
1: called, I, I called Jimmy that owns the grail a couple weeks ago. And I was like, watch party for the shootout. He was like, Santa con. I was like, Oh no, <laughs>
2: Nope. Not doing I, that. It was the worst I've ever seen it. I don't like what.
1: Depends. Five depends years. on what you determine as the worst for them.
2: Oh, I had to be a
1: probably high, the best they've down. ever
2: seen it. Right, and it was raining too. The we- maybe that's why because people were probably packing. In, inside, but even before yeah. before it started raining. I was like, holy shit! I've never seen it like this. It was fun. It was though. Pretty warm out though. Yeah, yesterday was not warm. I was Uh-oh. up in the three hundreds watching watching the Bengals Colts game, getting hailed on. So oh, so dude, that'll, that was that'll do it. <laughs> I was trying to set a record for most beers drank in one
0: game. That uh, it was it was cold, and you would you, you need would to would get that get to that blanket. It? What's that? what Would you get to? Man, well, counting the tailgate, <laughs> we were we were counting. It was it was hitting hitting near twenty by uh by last call.
2: <laughs> You're crazy, man. <laughs> so
0: it was fun though, absolutely fun. Yeah, yeah. I it, but I tell you what, man, that was after poor Saturday night. I, I just get so angry and I turn into a mute and I just drove all the way to Indy, just to turn right back around at 8.30 a.m. And, and head back to City the next morning. But, Wait, why? Oh, dude, He's I was just, not smart. He had somewhere to sleep. I'm just mad, man. I, like, I'm just, I was just not in a mood. <laughs> You drove home? After, after the Bearcat game on Saturday, yeah. Holy shit. that's what happens to me man
2: i just
0: just (laughs) are off. i'm like i'm out of here
2: you just gotta start screaming until you're you can't breathe and then and then you're and you'll probably feel a little better right Right. without the demons you don't have to get in the car put the miles on there speaking of miles (laughs) why don't you take us right into (laughs) into the the, shout out (laughs) the second
0: you put on more and more miles i'll tell you what I have to call my boy Danco Joe over at Danco Transmission, and I don't care. Tell him I need I need that oil change. You know, tell him uh, tell him Ted Kerr sent you. Tell him tell him Ryan Royer sent you. Tell him tell him Alec Pierce sent you. Which, by the way, the the, the Colts were laying into the return of Alec Pierce. They they posted first a, a tweet with his his picture on it, and then they had him with the walk in. They said the return. It's like, oh wow, they're they're really laying all in on this. So. And, and the boy was looking good in his little uh, pregame dapper outfit. I will tell you what, but um, yeah, if you uh, put the miles on, you're gonna need an oil change. You can get you know, ten dollars off that, or if, if you need a whole whole fixing on the car, you get ten percent off that. So, uh, shouts to Danco Joe, Danco Transmission. I don't care. Um, well, enough filler. Um, I wish we could just do filler, filler, filler. Until uh, we, we sign off, but without further ado, 84-79. Final score, fifth straight loss in the Crosstown shootout. A uh, cold, cold shooting performance, especially in the first half. We did have the Jizzle the James game, kind of. Uh, definitely the Jizzle James half. Uh, it's just a rough sort of you know night it just was one of those where it just felt like okay oh and now is gonna go off and, and hit three is oh and now McKnight's gonna hit a three to just kind of shut the door completely. It just felt like it was just a yet another crosstown shootout. This is how it goes, but I don't know. It's uh it's rough to talk about but let's uh let, let's break it down. Two days past uh Chad and Aaron, you guys had a little nightcap about it re you know Breaking down the this, this immediate sad reactions, uh, Royer was at SantaCon, so let's uh, let's kick it back over to you, Chad. You're the the most glaring thing. Two days removed, now that you're able to you know digest what happened on uh, Saturday night, they didn't play
1: well enough. I mean, there the, there were stretches; it just wasn't extended. Like there were stretches where they looked really good, but. There were too many, you know, like we talked about on Saturday night. Like the thing for me is, you know, one, if you continue and how many years have we talked about this? If you continue to play, you know, most of the game down six, eight points or whatever, you're going to you're, you're going to struggle to win the game. It was 16 to eight before the second media timeout. What what did we talk about? Eight, it, X every year is up eight to 10 points by the second media timeout. And they were again this year. And then you come out of that second media timeout. Um, you get the the only bucket of the game from CMOS, a layup by Jizzle, a three by Jizzle. And all of a sudden it's 18-17. Okay. Like you stabilized, you erased that deficit. Now let's go. Mm-hmm. Boom. Next thing you know, you're down eight. It was, it was 18 to 17 with 10, 10 left in the half. It was 25 to 17 with seven 26 left in the half. And it pretty much, I mean, they got it back to three at one point. Jizzle again, uh, kind of carried the load, got it back to three. And then they went into halftime down eight. So you spent the entire, almost the entirety of the first half down eight points. You come out in the second half. Okay. Layup by Newman. Layup by Dayday. Three by Victor. Layup by Newman. Layup by Dayday. It's 40 to 38. Lockin catches an alley oop. 40 to 40. You take the lead. Odie gets the dunk. You go up 43 to 40 with 15 41 remaining in the in the second half. So in the first four minutes and, and 19 seconds, you erase that eight point deficit. You go up by three. And with 11.24 left in the game, X is up 10 on an Olivari 3. So another four-minute stretch where, you know, you did exactly what you needed to do. You got it to where you wanted to get it, and you couldn't hold it. And then Newman hits a three. Vic hits a jumper. It's down to five. Boom, and another minute and a half, it's back up to eight. And it just kind of, you know, they, they got their biggest lead with 7.46 to go. Uh, or 6.27 to go. They go up by 12. Mm-hmm. Get it back to four. And then next thing you know, it, everything just kind of goes to hell. You know, you get the – Newman gets the uh, the two free throws to cut it to four with 2.01 to go. And that's when McKnight hits the three. Um, Cincinnati tried to. There's been a lot of talk about this possession Uh, on the board defensively they they go for the trap and because they go for the trap Vic ended up on mcknight i thought and i'll be curious to i generally don't call people after losses to ask about semantics because they don't want to talk to you um (laughs) but i thought there was a point Vic could have switched back um the ball had kind of stopped at the top of the key and things had kind of reset for a second, mm-hmm. and I don't. I think it might have been Newman, but but there was a chance for them
0: to, to switch quickly
1: back. trade off and get yeah. Vic, Vic back on a big and Newman on a wing, and they didn't. They, I mean, it was like a you got like two seconds to recognize something right. like that, right? Um, and I, I for whatever reason, it felt like they didn't see it, and then you know Davion McKnight, who's made two threes all year makes his second of the game and it just but this is what happens when you continue to find yourself down 8 9 10 points yeah is that you're always scratching and clawing and you're never in that that driver's seat and it's it's been happening in the shootout like if you want to really get into the nuts and bolts of why Cincinnati has failed to win the shootout it's kind of the the football conversation that we had there were very few. There have been very few minutes over these last five games where Cincinnati's been playing with a lead. Much less a six, seven, eight-point lead. Right. They haven't been playing with a one-point lead in yeah. any of these games, and it's just not a sustainable way to play basketball. Like that's where you're going to kill yourself. It's every time, bring it back. Whoop! Next thing you know, yeah. three-minute stretch. The leads back to eight. Work, 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 work to get it back. Three-minute stretch the leads back to eight. It, it just—you have to—you th- until they figure out a way to not be down by a touchdown at the second media timeout, they're going to be in trouble and they're going to struggle to win this game.
0: Yeah, I going back to that defensive possession real fast. I, you know, it, you're able to chip away at the at the lead that Xavier built up they got at to that 12, point. Twelve,
1: you get it all the way back yeah, down to four. all the way
0: back to four. And then you decide during that timeout to make that defensive change, where they they took Aziz out, brought Odie in, had it be a little bit more of like a I, what they I think they rushed the the ball handler the second he crossed the half court line, blitzed him, and then I after that I think it's just causing havoc, trying you know recovering set and the other. But I think West was fine with McKnight being the one to take that three, you know? Uh, yeah, and- I don't
1: know, but that's not the problem. The problem is, yeah. you because it was Vic, he got a wide open step in three because Vic has to help a little bit more towards the rim right. because he's your rim protection. If you have a Newman on him, Newman doesn't have to, to leave the guy on the perimeter. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, I, I just thought there was a, a second. And you can see one's on just to the left of the key, uh, McKnight's on just to the right of the key. And if they just quickly X'd, where you know they they just switched real quick right there they could have made it happen but i don't know if they didn't see it and by the time they did see it it was too late Mm. or what the case may be but they just didn't they didn't switch back which i think is what cost them that space where they got a wide open rhythm three even though the guy's a bad shooter you can't keep giving up wide open rhythm threes they're gonna knock them down more often than not yeah i i agree
0: and uh I mean, we'll we'll dive in a little bit more to the whole all the very second half craziness and a little bit more of that. But uh, Aaron, I just want your your, your general observation up to uh, you know two days removed now of the game.
3: Just tired of losing to Xavier. Just yeah. figure this shit out. It can't be that hard to win a game at this place. Like this this team wasn't a team that was better than Cincinnati. It's not a team that I would say is necessarily better coached. I think that's probably even. Um, Is it a tough atmosphere? Sure. They get up for this game. But it's not the most deafening arena in all of this great land. Like I, I just don't understand how this program struggles so much and I know people are calling for oh, just take it off the schedule. They're not; it's not even a rivalry. What are you talking about? Stop. Um, I don't know. I'm just figure out how to win. Have it be to where it's a coin flip of a game. And right now, I just I don't don't have that sentiment that it's a coin flip game. And I, I don't feel like, for whatever reason, this this team is never prepared enough to win at the Centa Center.
0: Yeah. I i mean, that's that's probably one of the frustrating parts is just, you know, like Wes mentioned, there hasn't been an undefeated team since 1976. And but I think everyone out there would would happily trade a win at Centos and maybe take that loss at Howard looking back at it. But still, it's it's just the whole matter of the fact is that this is it's a big game. It's it's something that, you know, the local media and, and local everything puts a lot of high you know, eyesight on a lot of stress yep. on it. Um, and yeah, but you know, you listen to Wes in the post game and it I, I, I don't think for once he ever took the game lightly. I don't think he ever takes the, the rivalry lightly. Um, I think he's, he was genuinely frustrated.
3: Hey, Jimmy, um, uh, the FBI investigated Sean Miller until he has completely scrubbed himself with the FBI, which will be never you're kidding yourself. If I will believe that he's on par with somebody who's stayed clean. Get out of
0: here. There you go. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough, man. Um, I really don't like, especially to them. But I, like like Chad said, it's kind of the uh, the same way. What's this? X Wolfie nine XX. So the players are too up for the game and put too much pressure on themselves.
1: I think the minute that things like start to go wrong, I do like. I I was talking to a basketball friend today who watched the game and said, you know, in the first six to eight minutes, like they were just, they were taking shots that were not in the normal rhythm of the offense. That tells me guys are pressing guys are trying to do too much. They're like, if it's not a shot you've taken in practice, it's not a shot like at that point of the offense, it's not a shot you should take in the games. Yeah. Um, So I do think there is some of that early in the games where they let the atmosphere and the pressure kind of get in their head a little bit. And then that causes bad shots or shots that aren't um, super high percentage. Or uh, like one of the other things that always happens too, like if you're taking shots out of the rhythm of your offense, then you don't generally have, your offensive rebounding in place. Like guys aren't expecting a shot to go up because it's not a place you generally see a shot in the offense. So then guys aren't ready to uh, anticipate that shot. So I do think there's some of that where once things start to go even a little bit wrong and you get down four or, or you get down six or, you, you know, you, you the realization that like these guys are playing their ass off. Like we have to, we have to ramp up to their uh, intensity level or we have to match their intensity level. Right. Um, I think that's part of it. I also think the other thing that um, <laughs> I think the worst thing that happened was they lost to Delaware. That was a wounded yeah. animal. Like th- they were aggressive, aggressive from the opening tip. And I, I wonder if that's how they are, if they don't, lose that that Delaware game because you know Sean Miller had their full undivided attention uh in the the four days leading up to the game and they played like it they played like a team that was desperate and that can make a difference
0: yeah I I mean they mentioned the the different you know players only meetings that they had and and you know the the whole talk coming into the game was how Oliveri in the in the Delaware post game press conference talked about how he you know there there's no leader on the team, and you know talked about it just felt like there was some sort of a disconnect and and this that and the other and then all of a sudden you you do see looks like organically the leader started showing everyone played confidently I thought I thought there wasn't a a moment out on the court where Xavier players were necessarily playing with you know passive. They always seem to be pretty aggressive. They might not have been the most talented, and you know some of their shots were a little off. Obviously, some some turnovers were a little puzzling on their part. But I, they looked like this was you know from the little bit that I've seen them play, the most connected and the most locked in and the most you yeah. know best they've played so far this year. So I you know it's it's a situation where you got to tip your cap that way as well. You know we we mentioned Davion McKnight it came into the game. Two of thirteen on the year from three, knocked in two of four. But you know, probably had his best game as a Xavier Musketeer, and it, here we are. It, it happened on the biggest stage. Um, if if some of the Oliveri threes don't fall, if some of the Cincinnati threes fall, it, then it could be a flip side, and you're saying, "Wow, Jizzle James is uh, that's the future," and he just had a, a statement game in his freshman year and a big win on the road. But you know, that's just not how it really dwindled down. I actually was was pretty. I'm a sicko. So I went back and watched the game and uh, one of 13 shooting from three in the first half. And some of those were you know, highly contested, puzzling shots, but for the most part, they were pretty open. Um, I mean, a lot of it, like I said, Brent was in that first like six, seven minutes,
1: like they just weren't taking good shots.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and like, like one was like a, like CJ had a, I poor CJ Frederick, man. He he had a couple of, of rough shots, but still like he had two looks that were pretty wide open that Yeah, he took two you know, bad ones, he took two good ones. CJ to 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 knock down. And then I, I mean one of the biggest ones was that uh wide open three in the corner right at halftime. If CMOS knocks that down, it's only a five point game. And you're looking at it like wow, we really played like pretty bad, and yet we're only down five. And and then maybe well, you
1: get up six or seven. When you right. start
0: the second half, and the flow of the second half goes differently. Yeah, yeah, um, but, and, and that's the thing of the second half too. They were aggressive, downhill aggression. Right. So even what the we Vic were talking about, was, they needed to do in the first half. Yeah, it, it, the Vic three was was in the in the motion of the offense. It was you know step in, knock down. It was a good look, this that and the other, and then. All of a sudden, they get up that, that 43, 41 at, at, at one point. I think Xavier hit a free throw, or maybe it was 43, 42. And then back-to-back, ill-advised three-point shots, uh, Dan Skillings and then and Vic, Vic Locken on back-to-back possessions early in the shot clock. That was the main thing I started to see in the second half was some, some tough decisions made early in the shot clock in the second half down the stretch. I think Dede had a couple of, uh, of turnovers that happened, you know, before even 25 seconds left on the shot clock. It it seemed like, you know, they, they mentioned they're going to play faster now that they have a Z's. At, at certain moments, though, I don't think you really have to go that helter-skelter. If you're seeing that you can, in, in the pace of a 30-second shot clock, you, you have the ability to break down the Xavier defense in the half court, get downhill, and find buckets at the rim. I think at times they – Played a little sped up in the second half, and that might, you know, tie into the fact that it is the first really ruckus, you know, road game. The first time that this team has really faced adversity. Yes, the Howard game is what it was, but they're facing adversity on a different level in this one. So, you know, it's it got to take a step back and say, you know what, it is a learning experience because the Big Twelve is right around the corner, and I'm, even this Saturday is now takes a whole on a whole new level of importance, but there's, it's hard not to look at the team and see the talent that is currently assembled on it. And well, and it, here's another thing we're not talking about.
1: Uh, UC's up 45, 44. Um, they get a block, uh, jizzle blocks, Davion McKnight. Um, uh, the ball goes out of bounds. They get a three from Olivari. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, um, um, Dan blocks Desmond Claude and it goes right to Usman and he makes a layup. Yep. And then Dan misses a, a wild driving layup and then Olivari hits a three. Um, so it was right at that point where, like, that's some of that is just the ball not bouncing your way. Like uh, right. Xavier gets five points off two block shots. Yeah. But when that happens, momentum flips. And then Olivari looked like he was throwing it in the ocean for five minutes. Um, You know, and we talked a little bit, and I kind of went back and looked at it. We talked a little bit about should they have had Newman on Olivari more. I mean, two of those were, one of them was in transition. Yeah. One of them was just CJ Frederick got hung up on a screen Mm -hmm. And was a second late, like that could have happened, uh, you know, if if Newman was guarding him. Was that the Um, end? No, that was there was another one at that was like uh, like that was more of a pin down than right Right. than anything. And then I don't think I still don't think CJ touched him. I think he maybe grazed his hip, but Olivari kicked his feet out and sold it and and got the call. Um, But either way, you're muted, Aaron.
3: Yeah, it was a terrible call
1: but you can't put yourself in that position trailing the you know a guy that's hot at that point he's hot yeah like if he beats you around the screen you just got to get the hell away from him
0: right um right. but
1: uh, another at one
0: week was kind of sagging off a little bit on um, on Oliver it looks like he might have like slipped or something and and that was one that Oliver had a lot of separation on it, but it's not like it's, it was just cj guarding Quincy, it looked like it was CMOS, Dan, and CJ, and it was just kind of. Well, and then what did they do? They
1: did switch new, which is why everybody looks back and says, well, they should have had Newman on him because then they put Newman on him and he didn't really do anything the rest of the game.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why Wes said, "I I wish I had two John Newmans I could throw out there. Right. Because
1: they, they basically, they have two guys, you know, that, that you have to really pay attention to and. They took Desmond Claude. Like Desmond Claude didn't really have any major impact in the game. No, not at all. Um, I, let's let's talk a little bit about Jezel. Uh, but but also real quick, I, yeah. I, we'll get to Jezel in just a second. But I also want to say, like, here's the other difference in the game. When I say Desmond Claude didn't really have any impact in the game, like he was five of fifteen. It was zero of three from three. It's one of three from the free or yeah, one of three from the free throw line but he had 11 points. If CMOS, Dan, or CJ just had an off night mm-hmm. and had five, six points each, Cincinnati wins the game. I mean, you know. Or the,
2: the one of them season. has 11. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I was right. literally
2: just about to say that. You can't have all three of those guys go that cold. because like CMOS, this-
1: one for nine.
2: CJ, zero oh, for four. Dan, one for seven. You need two of them. You need. I mean, you'd expect between the the uh, three of them to be at least, what, on a bad night, 20 points from thir- the three of them combined. And that's a bad at night At least four. 15,
1: 16, seven, like, yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20. But yeah. all three of them combined for four.
2: Yeah, that's – I mean, and those are the kind of guys that, that I was thinking were going to, like, step up and, like, have, like – like, 11, yeah, this 12 is
1: plus. This is the benefit of the depth that we talk about where other guys did step up, but you needed those guys not to be terrible. If they're just bad, the entire flow of the game, the entire outlook of the game is different. But instead, none of them could do anything, they didn't provide anything throughout the game. Go ahead to jizzle now. Sorry. I just wanted to like make that point of like,
3: Oh, yeah, no, you're Desmond right.
1: Claude wasn't good, but his 11. If he'd have had zero, mm-hmm. guess what? It's a different looking game.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you can add Usman in there, too. Like, it, it just seemed like he had probably his best game as a Xavier Musketeer, too. He wasn't in foul trouble. Double-double, yeah. He ended up with four fouls, but a lot of those came, like, as the game was wearing on. It was never truly a foul trouble situation, but it's just it seemed like it was a, a situation where when we had numerous players have off nights, each one of their players that were, you know, obviously Oliver is, is their star along with Claude, but the second that you have other players chipping in and, and even what, Sasashiani, or however you say his name. That's he, about he, normal for him, what he right, did. Right, but it, it just still seemed like he was like right place, right time, like you were mentioning, kind of had a couple of, well, yeah, they had the one that back. got knocked away yeah. and he just grabbed and flung it in for a three-point right. play. Exactly. Um, It just – things that just didn't go the way. Uh, It just it's, – it's frustrating. Um, You got to make your own luck, and they didn't. No. At all. Not at all. And Vic, man, the first half was just wild. Uh, very uncharacteristic of, of Vic in that first half. In the second half, we saw him just locked in, super aggressive, hitting the – you know, crash the boards hard, knocking down that little floater in the lane. Just, just it's got to put the two halves together. But uh, man, I couldn't imagine what the score would have been at halftime if if one Jizzle James was not present. Uh, but he did what I think every fan, or I'm sure the coaching staff too, was saying: get downhill. Look at look what Delaware's guard did against yeah. Xavier on on Tuesday night. Just got downhill, made things happen. Made plays and and Jizzle was completely locked in. Um, just thoughts on on Jizzle's game, man. I he's he's starting to show. Well, first off, it was it was good to see him kind of kind of go off a little bit when on on the Xavier side was a was another point guard that uh, the Bearcats were in on for a while. So good to see the Jizzle kind of show that there. But um, as far as it just is is this the next evolution is seeing. The fact that hey, Jizz was really calmed down. He's he's playing really well, especially in the first half. Second half, Dayday had, had the same downhill drives. But, you know, it just it, it seemed like this is a game that Jizz is going to look back on it as a real boost heading into you know the close of the out of conference, and then of course heading into Big 12 play. He had a great stretch in the first half, and it was at a
1: much needed time because Dayday was in foul trouble um like that was we always talk about like the reason that guys step up in their career is because mm-hmm. opportunity presents itself yep. and they snatch it and the opportunity presented itself and he did exactly what they were not doing yeah in that first half he he was the one guy that was like I'm getting to the bucket and putting the ball in the basket and he did it over and over and over i'm still wondering how much like that fall at the end of the first half impacted him in the second half. Cause he wasn't, he didn't look like he had the same right. same bounce when he was on the floor in the second half.
0: One of those like back of your mind type things.
1: Or um, Xavier also went into the locker room at halftime and said, do not let him get downhill on us.
0: Oh yeah. Right. Well, and then you saw second half day, day. Like he was getting downhill down. at will. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, as I mentioned, a couple of of tough turnovers as well. Uh, One was a, you know, it was a late drive and then, you know, bounced off his leg out of bounds. Another was like a drive and kick looking for CMOS. That was terrible. Like Like there was,
1: there was no chance he could have completed that pass to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you were a a Xavier student sitting in the third row.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. They were wide open. He hit them in stride. They were perfect. Touchdown, touchdown musketeers. Um, but yeah, it it just seems like that's a scenario where more game time, more you know, reps, I guess, will get day day in situations where you don't make that those type of plays. Um, but he was sensational in the second half. Oh yeah, he was oh, really he was good. He was great. Yeah, it, his his ability to get blow by the defender and then like kind of get a layup in before the defense is able to help is it's it's next level. Like he he yeah. is. He knows how to put the English on and get it up on the glass quick it it's it's very impressive to see when he gets downhill like that um I don't know I what are you guys' thoughts on on it seemed like they they shot a lot more mid-range jumpers in this game where you know I Jizzle hit hit a couple um day day hit one or two maybe but it seems like it's, it's a shot that they didn't really haven't really been settling on Jizzle a little bit more um than than others but it seemed like like Maybe it's just a game scenario where, you know, the defense is kind of giving them those and they give the open looks. But I, I, my least favorite shot is that one or two steps inside the three point line. And that's kind of some of the shots that, uh, since I took out, uh, took throughout the game. But who knows? Maybe that was just what X is giving them and, uh, they had to take it from there. Who knows? I'd have to see a shot chart. I don't, I don't recall too many of those. Yeah. Long, long twos. Oh, it, it it's not like our boy Troy Copain. Uh, that was a uh, seemed like that was he his loved favorite a David David DeJulius love long twos. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, loved them. But uh, yeah, it just was, maybe that's
1: where my brain is, Brent. I've seen yeah. so many. Te- I've seen this team take a lot of long twos. I did not see a lot of long twos uh,
0: Saturday. Um, Aaron, Jizzle, thoughts, man. He's he's looked like buy stock now. Future is now. I've I've
3: made my thoughts pretty well known, so um, if you want to hear some of that, you can go back and listen to uh, me the, yell at Aaron, the nightcap, because um, God forbid anybody disagrees with Chad.
1: But Aaron, okay, you really want to do this, dude? Let's look at the first four minutes of the second half. Who was the not, catalyst on not, why Cincinnati I'm not took doing the lead?
3: this. I'm not doing this. No, you want said, to take
1: a shot. Just, fuck you. You want to take a shot, then let's on, do it. Man. Settle down. Come on. You want Settle to take down. a shot, let's do it. Who it's was just, the best player in the first five just, minutes of the just second saying, half when just they saying, took the
3: lead? Just saying answer nobody, just saying nobody can disagree
1: with Chad. So. Answer the question. Who was the best just player saying. for Cincinnati in the start of the second half when they took the lead?
3: I'm not doing this again. Anyway. Okay, then don't take a shot. My thoughts are pretty well known.
1: It was Dayday Thomas, the best player at the start of the second half. And
3: the best player from the first half didn't get to really
0: play
1: in the second half. So he, well, he did. He played eight minutes. He scored not two. Enough.
0: So do you guys think that we'll start to see the evolution of them both on the court at the same time?
1: Um, so I think that is going to be dependent on if Dayday can pick up playing the two quickly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you want to teach Jizzle another position, right? As he's just now, like yeah. starting to vibe and really feel good in the point guard role. I don't know that you want to force. Okay, now we're gonna because that that is an entirely different spot yeah. when you're playing off the ball. Um, if that is something Day Day looks good at, looks comfortable with in practice, then yeah, I think you you give it a look like you're going to lose some shooting, but guess what? They were like three of 20 uh, until the final 30 seconds. So yeah. I, sacrifice some shooting and attack.
0: Would you have to have CJ on on at the three, the wing, with that lineup? Because, yeah, you're going to be pretty congested if if they they see, okay, well, Day-Day, Jizzle, Dan, C- probably don't want to have CMOS out there because he'll have to be the primary ball handler to spell one of the two of them. Yeah. I, look, I don't think run. it's
1: something you're going to want to do for
0: extended 18 minutes a game,
1: right. like, like six, eight minutes a game. You, you give it a look four minute, like a two minute, three minute stretch in each half. You give it a look. And then that does allow you to kind of get their minute counts up a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think it's something you have to like, like experiment with in practice and see what it looks like. Uh, Because I do think, I mean, they would be, they would be a load to try to stop uh, if they're both being aggressive.
0: So uh, one, one more thought, which is starting to become something that, that needs to be talked about a little bit more. I think is the fact that when you add a Z's, the fact that he has been an alien in practice during the off season, being able to 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 finish a lot of lobs around the around the rim, this, that, and the other, but being able to get that to translate in games and that cohesion and that, you know, innate response to say, okay, I'm gonna throw a lob now, Aziz a lob is coming. Cause it seemed like a, a couple of times, you know, I, Aziz wasn't sure if like I remember one particular CJ kind of threw up a lob to Aziz. I think Aziz was thinking he was going to throw up a floater. Um, a couple of other times, it, it just was like they're they looking yeah, for the lob. it all comes with
1: familiarity and repetition of right. Aziz understanding what guy is you know who has got the ball and you know what guys are likely to make that play. Not there yet. Yeah,
0: I because I I think everyone <laughs> like knows what Aziz can do, so they want that lob. And I would be the same way. I'd I'd be throwing up, like, one arm, just (laughs) F it as he's down there somewhere type plays. But Uh. it it seemed like it's kind of that early stretch because, obviously, you know, Wes mentioned the the two super secret scrimmages. He wasn't available in either. So just probably just that repetition, getting that, uh, you know, knowing that little little sixth sense, if you will. Uh, But. Who knows, man? The second that they're able to put that together, I'll 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 love love to see some of those flushes because he had a big one in this game. Um, last thing is is the fact that uh, oh, what was that on top of here? But oh, it's it's the whole I don't know. The whole next, <laughs> next step now is is obviously how how do you bounce back and respond after a loss? Um, well, let's talk about Skillings first, real fast. Uh, Oof. Do we have to? Yeah, man. I it, it don't want to. It, is that another scenario where you think I? I mean, you would think at this point he'd be able to to pick up the whole quick, quick basketball side of things. You you still see the flash. The moment was
1: too big for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, it, it,
1: that's that's one of the things he's got to learn to do is control the upper register of his emotions because when it when it gets heated like that. So far in his career, he has not been able to uh, control his blood pressure. Yeah, his heart rate has not matched uh,
0: what it is in the games that he plays well. Yeah, um, it's kind of a. I, it, he played five minutes in the last year's shootout. I think Josh Reed played more more minutes than him. It looked like Wes was really trying to get Dan locked in because I I I don't know. If in in those games, the approach needs to be like, all right, let's let's use your. Physical traits to just try and just lock down someone defensively, and and if you pick up a foul or or this that and the other, then so be it. But you know, offensively, his both of his threes were were pretty rough. Um, that one drive that you mentioned, where it was just, he kind of just threw it up. It, it, it'll be right. It, it, it'll be something that comes. But man, you're not Doctor uh, <laughs> J, bro. <laughs> we gotta hope that we that that we see it because I mean, I, he. he Flashing. What was he trying to do on that I don't play? Know if it was like an alley to to Vic, or if he was trying to, it was like he was trying to do an up and under, and then he was on the other side. And he so he and they
1: yeah. tried to go up. Like what? What are you doing, damn?
0: I, we all see it though. I like just a physical tracer there, man. It's His rebounding is something that carries over from game to game. You know, once once everything catches up, it'll be it'll be a good sight to see. Um, then you just listen to what Wes said in the post game presser is just like, he loves this team. I mean, obviously he's going to say that he's not going to be like, I hate this team. We, we just lost, but he's, I, I think he genuinely thinks that and thinks that this is a team that, that has the potential to be really good. Um, One that might not be completely built all the way as we continue the ongoing free Millie campaign and, and, those steps are continuing to happen and i'm not anyone that 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 will pretend to know political jargon very well so if if chad you or aaron want to kind of update the listeners to what is going on with with yost and the ags and the other and that's there's a
1: there's a hearing in federal court for a temporary restraining order wednesday morning if that restraining order is granted uh, the NCAA cannot essentially cannot enforce uh, making players sit out for waiver purposes, and the players would all be immediately eligible under the temporary restraining order.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: So, I tell you, that's what. not political jargon. That's legal jargon. Legal jargon. Those are, those are different things.
0: Well, I'll throw in political jargon too, because that that's also over my head. I'm just uh, I'm sports and. <laughs> Pop culture. That's about uh, that's, that's my go tos. Um, but I, I mean, Aaron, if, if you you added Jamil to what's already been a pretty strong front court. I mean, you know, I know the the Odie plus minuses in the game were rough, but he, if you have Odie on the court for that one little wrap dunk, get get you hyped up, and then you're able to kind of get him out and and throw in Jamil for a couple of uh, you know a handful of minutes that just uh, adds to the Toolbox that that West currently has. Well, I think the one of the problems that, that haunted me while
3: I was watching the Bigs play is the lack of aggression, especially once uh, both of them ended up with three fouls. Uh, but from both Lockin and from uh, Aziz, that we we just, I mean, there were there were floaters coming through down the lane where Lockin isn't even putting an arm up. Um, yeah. If you add another big into the rotation. And now you don't have to be so conservative. Now you're making moves towards these guys and, and altering shots and able to play more freely with five additional fouls. Essentially. I mean, obviously nobody wants to foul out. So you're not trying to play for that fifth foul, but at the same time, you're, you're also not concerned with, well, shit, if I foul out, what are are we down to now?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, (laughs) just the addition would be huge and we'll, We'll see what happens on Wednesday. It'll obviously be uh, a, a story that develops and continues to track. So, we'll see. But but we, we can't go any further without giving shouts to to John Newman. Man, he he played like he a warrior awesome warrior out there. Um, that was a you know Wes said probably one of his better games as a Bearcat, if not his best. Uh man, <laughs> Newman, gotta love it, man. He uh, he's he's my surprise up to this point. There's no doubt about that. You know obviously much praised him but he's he's going above and beyond and he he, he looks very 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 strong out there and going to continue to be good um Oliveri is the highest rated offensive rating over the past 2 weeks so that's a that's a buzz saw that the uh the Bearcats ran into on on uh Saturday night and whenever you see someone get hot like that it's as Chad, you were mentioning, it just amps up the urgency to not make mistakes yourself. And when you're in that situation for the first time, and you need to be kind of perfect down the stretch, once once one thing goes awry, then uh, that's when the loss happens. And and sadly, that is that is what happened. Um, anything more on this game? I I mean, I just I hate it. <laughs> I mean, look, give them credit; they continue to put themselves
1: in position to win the game, but. Yeah. Xavier made the plays to stretch it back out every time. Yep. Like that's, that's what the team that wins generally does is they withstand that late charge from the other team. Cincinnati got it from 12 to four and could never get it closer than four because X had guys that, that made the plays necessary to win the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Seven undefeated teams picked up their first loss this week. This uh, past week. Uh, it's, it's happening. I, you know, and then you look at the big 12, they've got, in the most recent AP poll, they got three big 12 teams in the top six, four in the top 11, six in the top 19. Dayton receiving a vote in the AP poll. Cincinnati still receiving votes in the coaches poll. So the question becomes now, how are you going to be able to react bouncing back after a tough loss like this? Bryant comes into town on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Brian, uh, a team that we've all become pretty used to after playing them numerous times over the past handful of years. Um, they just lost to Stony Brook, but they do have a big win on the road at Florida Atlantic, 61-52. to 52. Florida Atlantic, obviously, the, the Final Four darling from a year ago. Um, what do you want to see most tomorrow? Uh, just, just to show you, hey, I, this team is good. They're super aggressive. They are a team that, that fought and, and scrapped and, and clawed their way to try and win that game on Saturday. What do you want to see on, tomorrow night to kind of validate that, hey, everything's going to be all right. Season's going to keep on tra- turning.
3: The return of Dan Skillings, the return of C.J. Frederick. I, I'd like to see Aziz in double digits. Okay.
1: Throw, uh... Uh, just avoid the Crosstown hangover. Yeah. Because we have seen it many times over the years where they usually win the game, but you play a bye game a couple days after the shootout and guys are uh, still hurting, still emotionally like they haven't turned the corner from not getting it done in that game. Uh, you know, Brian is, is not good, but they've shown the ability to jump up and get somebody like you mentioned uh, with their win over FAU. Um, So you're going to have to come out and guess what? Be up by 10 at the second media timeout. How about that? (laughs) That (laughs) Come out and and early take control of the game. Don't let it be one that's a six-point game at
0: halftime when it should be 16. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't want to repeat of uh, 2020 when when the old – The old fighting toothpaste Colgate came to Fifth Third Arena following the uh, cross-down shootout loss. Do not want that to happen again. Um, But, yeah. I did did want to
1: get to one other thing about the shootout. Yeah. This whole, like, uh, they lost because the schedule wasn't tough enough before the shootout. Uh, Let's go to 2019-2020. Uh, They played Ohio State that season before the shootout, and they lost the shootout. Uh, The next season, they played, oh, that was COVID. So Xavier was actually the second game that year because all of November got wiped out. Uh, The next season, they played Georgia, Illinois, and Arkansas before Xavier, and they lost the shootout by 20 uh last year uh they played arizona and ohio state technically they played a high major team in louisville but that was one of the worst uh low majors of all time last year uh so it doesn't matter folks it it does it doesn't i mean sure would it have been nice to have another high major game in there sure but they played plenty of high major games before the shootout and still managed to lose the shootout. That's not why it's happening. It's happening because they're not playing well enough to win the game. They're down by eight to 10 or more at the second media timeout every damn time. Like that has nothing to do with who they played before the game. Go play better than Xavier and you'll win the game. They have not done that in a long time.
0: Right. I, yeah, I I think the main thing is also this game. This game could could be played the very first game of the year, and it's probably gonna have the same sort of you know build up and, and attention to detail. It could be played all the way in December. It could be I, I mean in, in February. But I I think it's kind of like a uh, slate's wiped clean before the game type scenario. Sure, I probably would have loved to have Xavier beat Delaware by 10 and, and come in kind of feeling like a little, little false sense of, uh, you know, clip, you know, credit to themselves. And, but still, I got to win this game. I think Wes knows it. Um, I think he's, uh, he's excited to, to take, take on the challenge next year, but he also knows this year it's kind of a damn good team. He's got a damn tough schedule coming up. So he got to continue to, uh, to win each game one by one. Um, Royer, what are you what are you most looking forward to in the Bball team tomorrow night against the Bryant Bulldogs?
2: I'm looking <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the guys uh that we were mentioning er- earlier Dan, CMOS, and CJ kind of stepping up and kind of getting back cuz we need we need them in rhythm for this team. Um cuz when when they're in rhythm, um it like you said the depth is kind of un- unmatchable. Um, and you know, I don't want to see. I don't want them to kind of be down on themselves or kind of shit in the bed versus um X. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to them stepping up and getting back on track because it's very critical for this team's success. There we go. All right, let's stamp this. Let, let's let's get out of this talk,
0: Joshua. I agree. Worse than the loss. Let's get on. Let's
1: move on. <laughs> All right, that's a timestamp brought to you by quick paper supply they're your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products they service over 150 restaurants weekly with low minimum next day deliveries they provide a wide range of food service products from to-go containers cups custom printed products eco-friendly and much more they also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs call nick at 513-470-2029 to reference bearcats for 20 percent off your first month of purchases and when you ask when you talk to him ask nick if he thinks that when your point guards score 35 points, if they're the problem, and he'll probably tell you no. Oh. Is there a problem? <laughs> no. The, the argument of when, which one to start the second half.
0: They have oh, 35 God. points from the point guard. Point guard wasn't the problem. Pretty, pretty good point guards, yeah. 2 of 20. I Whatever, moving on. Um, <laughs> since we last spoke... Two two additions out of the portal to the Bearcats. Uh, quarterback Brendan Soresby from Indiana, the Hoosiers. Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, a lot of years of my life there.
2: And of course, Eastern Michigan. We got another goal
0: happening in the background, Royer. <laughs>
2: I couldn't make out what it was. <laughs> Eastern uh, Michigan defensive end. Micah
0: Coleman. Um, obviously, there's A lot of happenings going on in the portal. A handful of visitors from this past weekend as well as going on this week. Um, Chad, what is your pulse of things going on in in the portal? Obviously, it's kind of the vetting process, the identification process, and recruiting and hopefully landing process as well.
1: I mean, I think things are going well. The visits are going well. Um, You're you're starting to see – the importance of getting like in uh in high school recruiting, like you want to be that last visit, right? Yeah. Like, like you want to, you want to play the process out and be that last visit. And you feel like that's gonna, you know, push you over the hump in the portal. You kind of want to be first because I think, you know, a lot of these guys just want to get it over with. Like, right. Like they want to be done with it. They want to get in the portal Find their next destination, get enrolled, and get ready for the semester to you know to be able to enjoy their Christmas and be able to get ready to for the semester to start after the New Year. Um, so you're in critical times right now to get these guys on campus, make your sales pitch. But look, two of the most pressing needs: quarterback, you know, rush, uh, rush lineman, you know, tight edge guys, uh, and you go out and you get your quarterback you get a rush edge guy um, you know that's uh that's a good start now you need to go get some defensive backs. Uh, I think that right now is is probably priority one and uh, potentially you know get that number two wide receiver to go next to Xavier Henderson.
0: uh Royer. Quarterback position, Brendan Sorsby, Indiana, Big Ten experience. Obviously, Indiana is not going to be turning a bunch of heads um, with uh, with the you know crazy amount of of winning success they have. But how how important do you think it is to identify the quarterback that you want out of the, out of the portal, be able to set up a meeting, and and be able to bring in, uh, you know get him locked down this early in the process because uh, obviously it's, it's good to get that locked down as, as quickly as possible. Your, your thoughts on, on Sorsby and the whole scenario
2: now at quarterback for the Bearcats. Um, I got to watch some tape. So I don't know a ton about him. Um, but from what I've gathered from Chad kind of describing how we wanted to get him in and get him locked down immediately, you know, that means other teams were kind of clamoring for him too. So it's a good sign when you got it when you got a guy who's wanted. Um but I was I don't know if I said this live on the show last week or it was post show, but just how the college football is turning into NFL where it's like a quarterback driven like style now. If you get your quarterback, I mean that guy can carry you he can carry you to a lot of games that are going to be coin flips. And we like using that little, that button word, that coin flip. Cause it, I mean, that's what it's going to be in the big, um, the big 12 moving forward. And you saw that this past year where there's just damn, if we had that one throw or if we had that couple different throws or deep ball or, or just overall kind of command and response within the offense that we kind of missed with Emory. Um we, we might, we'd probably be uh, getting ready for another game this year. So, but on the other side, you you never really know what you got in college football because it's so, like we said, learning a new offense in college football is when you're taking classes, getting used to a new, a whole new life, um, a new campus, a new place you're living, just everything changes. Um, It's not easy. So I can't, we, can't really, we don't really know what we're going to get out of Brendan until we, we see him play, kind of like with Emery, because you saw that impact it had on Emery, like transferring three different schools and how it kind of like set him back. Not saying that's going to happen with Brendan, but we just got to – we don't really know what we're going to get until we, the helmets roll out there week one. But it's good to see that we got a guy that was wanted by a lot of people. So hopefully he can deliver on that. <laughs> Let's take a
0: quick look. I, you know, obviously there in the chat, um, Jeffrey Inman. Uh, we we see you, Jeffrey Inman. You, we we see you wanting, wanting us to break down the that little three week stretch that that old Brandon Soresby we had. First at Penn State, um, really good defense at Penn State. A couple of these were some some busted coverages, I believe uh, that that kind of led to some some deep touchdowns. But still, thirteen and nineteen for two hundred sixty nine yards, three touchdowns, one interception in that game. Then he followed that up with a home win against Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers. Went 19 of 31, buck 86 at a touchdown, added another touchdown rushing. And then at Illinois was probably his best game of his career up to this point. 22 of 33, 289 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, added 53 yards on the ground, and another two touchdowns on the ground. I, I, I mean, that's. That's hard to uh, to look at that and say, okay, I, I don't know what to expect coming out of old Old Soresby here coming to town, but I, it seems like when he runs the football, he's not he's probably not the fastest guy out there, but his ability to break tackles I think is is something that really draws my attention. It seems like kind of as a whole, this team had had little trouble breaking tackles in the open field, um, and, and Soresby looks like a guy that's not easy to bring down. So. Uh, i like that a lot um and you also look back a couple of these these iu games i was watching iu purdue a lot and Swordsby put the put the ball in the money on numerous occasions and the, it was just simply dropped by indiana receivers that he was targeting I, so those numbers you also you also have to tie in the fact that you know what this is an iu team that didn't really have a good rushing attack they didn't they're overall not very Good. They're playing from behind a lot. They're they're, you know, having to go up different schemes because they're simply playing a team that, that outmatches them talent wise. But still, I, I thought he had a couple of, of good games. He probably could have had even better numbers with uh with, with some more talent around him. So um I think it's important to get it locked down though, especially now because he can go out and recruit on top of getting his uh, portal situation out of the way. So was a good addition um yeah you want to get your quarterback done quick like
1: you don't want to be kind of sitting here a week from now when there's not a whole lot left on the table and what is left on the table is is in a bidding war for two million dollars like you wanted to make it clear like okay the portal is open we went out we had our target we got our target and we're ready to move
0: on uh I want to talk a little bit more about that. And I agree too. the fact of the case being that, you know, this is a multi-year transfer as well. It's not like he's just going to come in and he's just got one more year to just have a swan song type, type finish the career. It's more of a, a guy that shows the tools to have potential. And then you've got him for numerous seasons and you've got a chance to kind of see how he ties into your, to what you want to do. And I think it's going to only pay, pay positive dividends. Um, Running back position, I Ethan Wright entered the, the transfer portal. Um, I think it was today or it might have been yesterday, one of the two. But uh, it it seems like now that running back room is, is pretty thin. Uh, how hard do you guys think it is to recruit um, out of the portal at the running back position when you see a 1,000-yard rusher sitting there at the top of the depth chart?
2: It's very hard. I mean, if you have these, the guys that are hitting the portal, they're, they're entering it. Cause they're like, Hey, like I want to go get my shot to prove something. And or guys that are like, I only have like two years left. So I, I got to win a job and have two solid years. If I want to go play in the NFL um, and you're not going to, you're not going to attract those guys really. You're not going to attract the one year guys are like, Hey, I need to get, go. I want to go play at like either a bigger school and get better tape and, it's kind of hard to like bet on that when you're like the number two, you're going to be the clear number two. Um, even if you ball out and you're like a The good 1B. news is new. Number two here is still going to get
1: a lot of opportunities. That's the good news. Yeah.
2: But it won't they run, like they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just hard. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Miles
1: Montgomery didn't stay because he was going to be one B like, okay.
2: yeah. So and you gotta I, convince
1: I like, somebody to come yeah, in. You don't want, and and I wouldn't
2: want to accept that if role. I was, yeah. Like if I was thinking of transferring in as a running back, like I honestly wouldn't like it, would, it would not be my first choice to come here. yeah. Um, I, I think it'd, it'd be a tough sell.
0: I guess you could say I hey, guess if you want in my to my head to
2: carries. I was just gonna say if, if if
3: if you're a home run hitter, if you're a guy who isn't gonna get hawked at the end of a, a long run, that's how you can elevate yourself to be one A. That's something that Corey is, is, has shown himself to not be capable of, is, is breaking that touchdown run, that 60-yard that touchdown run. He's, he's getting caught at somewhere in, in that 20-yard, 15-yard, 10-yard range.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's It's like, hey, best-case scenario, you're going to get 10 carries a game. Um, but with our how our O lines delivered, you know that could deliver anywhere from like sixty to like ninety yards if you're having a good day. Um, but that's just really rare, and like that's not the kind of stats you're gonna attract talent with. Because um, guys, you, you know, know I, it's really it's free a agency. name that we've
1: heard will be interesting. Ryan is is Evan Pryor from Ohio State. You know that's a guy that hasn't been on the field. So, like, he hasn't even had a chance, like, where Miles Montgomery's had a chance to, like, I got tape. I got tape that's going to make me uh, valuable. A kid like Pryor, I think, missed two seasons due to injury, and he hasn't had a chance to get on the field at Ohio State. That's a situation where you can tell him, look, come in here, play behind Corey for a year. I think he's got three seasons of eligibility remaining. So, like, be the understudy and then be the guy but this is a chance to you know uh put on tape that like like you know you're a guy that can get things done and what he was the number 2 all purpose back in the country coming out of high school so there's Where's plenty of from? talent there uh he is from
2: North Carolina okay ironically enough Satterfield there you go. His neck of the woods. Yeah, that's, you know, and he, depending on if he likes Ohio, it's just right down the road. So it's not yeah. too much of a, a turning your life upside down in terms of location. Um, Plus he yeah, also I mean, has familiarity
1: with with uh, Zach Grant and some of the folks, uh, Cass Simmons from Ohio State. So Nico. I don't know. I just, just throw – Nico, just throwing that out there is like that might be the type that you want to target, not necessarily a guy that's, that's got a bunch of like aspirations already of like, I'm ready to take that next step and be one a, but like maybe I need to be a one B and then move into that one a role in a season that might be a name to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, great take. I also think uh, because yeah, these names that you see entering the portal with running back that, you know, have, gained 800 yards last year, gained 600 yards last year. I think it would be harder to lock down those kind of guys, but the guys like, you know, that you mentioned, Chad, and I, I believe he was on campus over the weekend The reports of him uh, setting pictures and, and stuff, this, that, and the other from uh, on campus. So it, it, it'll be exciting to to see if they can't start to recruit him more and, and try and find that more of a niche, not necessarily someone that is looking for that lead back role, but, it's, it's going to come down to the pitch that the staff gives them and and letting them know listen hey yes we are returning a thousand yard rusher but we're also returning the offensive line that that thousand yard rusher ran behind imagine what you and can and everybody bring. else in the running back room is pretty much gone yeah exactly. so, <laughs> so let's let, let's add up both montgomery's rushes <laughs> and also a, a big chunk of emery's rushes and say we can give you all of those how about that um so yeah, I I think that'll be fun to watch. I, Royer, are you related to one Joe Royer?
2: No, I'm not. I have ran into him a couple times up here though. We've we've talked about it just to make sure. So <laughs> no relation. Double checked, and there's nothing that's there.
0: Yeah, there's nothing. It's uh, that's just convenient. That's another connection there. Um, Kandra winning, you know getting named as a all American over and over again. That just shows proof to, to how talented he is going to be back on the offensive line. Um, and then the news of the day as well, Evan Prater announcing his return, uh, next season. Um, Chad, you, you, you've had high praise hoping that he can turn into that number two receiver opposite of, uh, Xavier Henderson if Henderson also returns.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely opportunity there for him to fill that role. Um, I mean, I liked everything we saw from him uh, in terms of when he got an opportunity. Yeah. He showed good hands. He showed good route running skills. He was competitive for the ball. Like, I I just, I feel like there is a lot there to work with. And now he's going to have an off season to actually focus on it. Because remember, he didn't participate in the spring because of his shoulder. And he didn't switch to wide receiver until the summer when they're doing a lot of stuff on air. Like, most of that stuff in the summer, Ryan, you're not even allowed to use a football, are you?
2: No. Um, well, you, with the coaches, no. But Right. When you're we, with the yeah. staff,
1: you're not allowed to use yeah. football.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, though, the work we get in um, without the staff with the football is, like, basically the same shit.
1: It's, yeah. It's but, I mean, it's work. what I'm saying is it's limited.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, I, it's not like when real he practice. switched
1: to wide receiver, it was limited. So yeah. now you're gonna get a whole offseason, you're gonna get a full spring practice, you're gonna get a full summer into camp. Let's see what Evan looks like. I, look if your number two is a six-four kid with good hands and good football IQ and can play.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Let him go out there and compete to win the job. If you got him and, and Xavier Henderson at your one and twos that's pretty damn good. And if they can go get somebody better than Evan or somebody on par with Evan to compete for that number two spot. And you've got Aaron Turner and Barry Jackson in the slot. Like I feel pretty good about where the wide receiver room is at. Might not be
2: as deep yeah. as you want it to be. We felt decent about them last year. Uh, it just, we just, he Wiggins started. just never
1: became yeah. what we thought.
2: Yeah. I, I think we had a guys that could make the plays, and I just don't think the timing of Emery and them, like, it was never like making there. Yeah. the play was was happening yeah. at the same time.
0: I don't yeah. argue. <laughs> it was never there. Uh, we can agree Pain. with that. Um, that's the fact, too. It's like, I, not that Emory really ever seemed like he was pressing, but when things weren't clicking, you, you kind of felt that little – you know, clock around everything around the program. It was like, okay, well, when are we going to move on from Emory? Who's no longer going to be with the team next year. When with Soresby, uh, it's, it's a situation where he is going to be with the team next year and the year after that. And so if, if he is able to go in and, and obviously when the quarterback competition, the set, the other, then he's going to have the ability to grow in the system and, you know get get better as each game comes along knowing that he's got a future not just you know one year trying to trying to go all out all right. and perform the best he can so that'd be exciting to watch um Chad, the visits obviously you want to plug how they are on bcj.com but uh seems like they're they're starting to really pinpoint some areas of need that they need
1: well the, i mean the areas of need that don't need any pinpointing we all know what they are Right. Uh, They're getting guys at those areas to visit. And Keegan's been doing a great job uh, keeping you updated in the uh, portal visit to Thread. And then today they had a uh, local blitz where they hit up 50-plus high schools in greater Cincinnati. Uh, The staff was out just kind of doing their their check-ins. And uh, an interesting time to do it because coaches really aren't on the road doing high school stuff right now. They're all working on portal and portal visits and uh, we'll get ready for Cincinnati, a bowl
0: game.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Cincinnati took it And now well, they're still working on portal more than they're working on a bowl game. I right, guarantee right. that. Well, uh, Cincinnati took a full day to kind of love up all the high school coaches. So a lot of people been asking for that.
0: There you go. There you go. There you go. Um Well, you guys want to and anything more on, on football or anything of that sort? I, I mean, we we can get a quick mention of Bearcats in the NFL. I, I mean, I tell you what, uh, Des Ritter leading what an almost game-winning touchdown drive, had a, what could have been a game-winning touchdown drive right before. At Ivan Pace potentially could be, what, defensive rookie of the year? I uh, He's, he's, he's been trending dominating. in that direction. He's been dominating. Uh, Alex Pierce, obviously, we mentioned. Um, Aaron, did you see anything more? Kind of bearcats in the NFL from yesterday.
3: Uh Jerome Ford continues to do his thing up in Cleveland. Um they're sitting in a nice position right now, better than better than the Bengals. How, how about those Bengals though? No, well, there's no Bearcats on that team, so that's that's not for this space. Yeah, true. We
0: could can- we can move that talk to you tomorrow night, right? Um, okay. But yeah, uh, well, let's go ahead and timestamp this and, and roll into the mailbag. All right, Quick Paper
1: Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, so products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies. In the city, call Nick 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases.
3: All right. And is Homefield sponsoring the, the mailbag still?
1: Or uh yeah, we can do a home field read here. They're a little bit different situation heading into December. Uh, now that we're out of football season. But uh, uh, as always make sure you are supporting our friends at home field apparel I would get those orders in quick if you wanted here by christmas uh I got a I did uh I got Kelsey she's upstairs I don't know she's a big she's a big Nebraska volleyball fan uh the number one team in the country so got her a a little oh. volleyball day in Nebraska shirt yeah enumerating their their 90,000 uh attendance at a volleyball game got myself a Marshall thundering herd uh hoodie for my alma mater.
0: Alma mater baby.
1: And uh of course I've got me rocking the go- the the cats tonight. So BCJ23 is the code. Homefieldapparel.com. They've got a uh, a ton of awesome Cincinnati stuff for you uh you bet that, so and uh, if you've got fans of anybody, pretty much anybody else, uh, even that gross team across town, oh, uh, you can get all the products
0: there. Yeah, we don't mention that. Only NKU, Royer, I'm
1: talking about NKU.
0: Only Royer rocks those those colors, boy. I,
1: I thought you were going to say they got what
0: is it, St. Joe's gear? What colors?
3: Mount I St. 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 Joe's.
0: The, the muskies. You, were, you think you were, I'm
2: rocking them? No, I'm not. <laughs> Hell no,
0: man! Get out of here. God, I,
2: I oh, I hate it.
1: Apparently, oh, Kelsey's it. listening from upstairs. She said ninety-two thousand and three people, to be exact.
0: And they beat in Omaha in that game, just uh, yeah. to remind everyone that hey, it was a spectacular event, and then they dominated Omaha in the prime. well. They're
1: undefeated going into the Elite Eight. They're
0: Pretty good.
1: Time. That's big time. Pretty good. She knows everybody. She knows all the position players. She knows the subs. Like she's she's ate up
0: about Nebraska volleyball. What's the name of the of uh, the, the one that well, there's a different colored jersey? The Libero. That's what The Kelsey Libero. Is yeah.
3: How many how many women are on the on the floor at the same time?
1: That's six. Six.
3: Yeah, that's not a ton of memorizing. That's oh, six but, people. All well, I mean, there's the like
1: point? there's like eight others on the bench. All
3: right. I didn't know. That's why I asked the question. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know there were
1: fourteen. There's like it's like 14, 13, 14 players on the ball. It's about the same size as a basketball roster.
0: Man, don't okay. don't tell me you don't know bump set spike without telling me you don't know bump set spike, baby. Come on,
3: It's <laughs> going oh. real. I don't know why you slipped into that rhetoric, but you do, you Brent.
1: Oh, she also corrected me and said they did lose one game the second time they played Wisconsin. Oh. I thought they were undefeated.
0: Damn. Uh,
3: they said they were undefeated in the chat as well. Uh, starting off the football portion of the mailbag, not a whole lot of questions in the football portion as it is the off season. but here we go. Uh, 2024 schedule question. Do we know when dates will be released, especially for the Colorado game? Some of us might just want to start planning that as soon as practical.
1: No. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Summer, um, sometime. I mean, those things usually, I mean, maybe, maybe spring, late spring, something like that. I don't know.
0: Okay. Get to see uh, old Shaman Mateer out there. Yeah. He, he committed
1: yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm.
0: To Coach Shaman Pan. to
1: Colorado, Case uh, K- and Pfeiffer to uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And uh, Justin Watley to Arizona State. How about your boy uh, last week getting two block punts? Mace.
2: Say again? Oh, I know. Oh, you would love this. So, actually, May- I forgot to say, Mason pulled up to the dinner with Alec and said hi. Oh, really? All, t- all time move by him. <laughs> yeah, he- it was great. Great of him. Was it like this? Um, and- hi. <laughs> he was locked Here. in. He was Good chatting you, us up a little bit, but, yeah, he was locked in, though. I've um, missed you guys. But let, after the I've, game, I've gotten
1: four more college degrees <laughs> since we last saw each other.
2: Oh, you'll like this, Chad. After the game comes up and we're just kind of like – before Alec came out, he came up to us and we were like all dat him up and he was like, yeah, tough game and whatnot. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Peter, 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 because that's what you call out when – as a buff return man. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no shit, bud. <laughs> <laughs> they know. they I,
3: actually I even hope... said that on the broadcast. They they said those oh, exact man. they said the exact same thing on the broadcast. They were like, I, I... you got to yell out Peter, Peter, Peter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I was just trying to give uh lighten him up a little hopefully. He he doesn't take well to those. <laughs> I know. Maybe maybe he'll know that I'm just kidding cuz I love him. He Which knows.
3: He What's just his... doesn't care. What's his lightning up look like, though?
2: Hell, grand. <laughs> Um, At some
1: point in time, every night he goes home, and his wife takes the battery out of his back, <laughs> plugs it into the charger.
2: <laughs>
0: time for a rest. Time for a rest. I, l- look,
2: I, I give him a hard time, but I love that dude. He's the yeah, best. great man. Great coach. I mean, great mind, dude. He's succeeded everywhere he's been like he's going to top. make millions of dollars as a special teams coordinator in the nfl yeah i mean through that pump thing uh they there was a team that did that versus us like i think it was either our fourth or fifth year and he was like oh shit we gotta use that the next thing you know he's using it first first um whoever that was last week the titans yeah the titans yeah, yeah i think it was Titans. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I know that shit. Oh yeah,
0: dude, they didn't just block that one punt. They like devoured it. They they dominated. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, whoa. Um, But so, so some the question some of my friends asked do you guys: ever think that he would look into being a head coach in the college level? I don't. I
2: don't know that it. I don't know. yeah. He's just very technical. Like, he likes right. getting into it and, like, <clears throat> breaking it down, scheming shit up, and, like, getting like getting nitty-gritty with, like, the scouting. Whereas, right. like, you can't really do that as a head coach. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. He
2: doesn't strike me as, like, that, like, almost is more like, wants to have more control, kind of like how Freeman and Fickle were. Mm -hmm. he doesn't like strike me that he's like he's not about like controlling his guys he's about like he wants to scheme up his guys and have his guys the best prepared right as possible
1: i think he's i think he's an incredible coordinator i think he could i i vouched for him multiple times to be defensive coordinator here because i think he would have been incredible at it
0: yeah Yeah. I i just don't see him ever being like a guy that takes like you know the buffalo head job and then like tries to work his way up through the map. He
1: could get another degree.
0: He could, he could.
3: All right. General questions about the portal. What does the (laughs) portal actually look like? What kind of platform is set up on? Can player coaches interact? Can both parties swipe left or right? Can players add specific information they want schools to know? How do coaches filter to find dudes? I feel like it's I, this mysterious entity that holds
1: the power like the Book of Eli. I'm all for there being like tender an app? for the portal. Yeah.
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Tender for the portal. What are you looking for? You look at, now. I'm not looking for a safety. <laughs> looking, looking for a linebacker. Well, how
3: much easier would it be to control if they converse with the players, right? If all conversations had to go through the app, you're right. in full control.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be great. It's like a a, a football version of the dating app. Like, it, the the NCAA needs to get on that. Yeah. like, They're like- You just sign up. It, with, when, you, when you go to compliance to put your name in the portal, they have to give you, like, a login, <laughs> and it puts your, like, player profile and, like, right. all that. It's, it's accessible. And then, you know. Does it you, show you have the put- seven
3: – does it show the seven tick marks that you check off as you check off the boxes for the waivers?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the, like the, the extra Aaron, like down at the bottom you have to have like the uh, I've, I've completed six of the seven requirements for the mental health (laughs) waiver.
0: Yeah. I know. I, I have finished all seven. Uh, Hopefully they (laughs) allow me to play. No, no oh. I, I think that I think that'd be funny because also it's like it's like, you know, your your coach, you're looking at it. We don't necessarily need a wide receiver, but this guy but, is 6'3", but the ball, runs four hard. four. right, right. The,
3: the, the boxes for like quotes and what have you are from agents or from like the doctors, the, the mental <laughs> no. health, mental health doctors,
1: your, your strength and conditioning coach, your former head coach. My old head coach said about me. Fuck uh, some, this of those, guy. some of those, yeah, some
3: of those head coaches
0: <laughs>
1: wouldn't have good things to say.
0: Put on a real thing, right, Royer. Are you
1: are you in on uh, on tender for the portal?
2: Yeah, I want to see a test trial of it though first. I kind of want to see how it plays out. You want in I'm on like the beta on full stand? So, so
3: so it needs to be on NCAA. Football
1: 2014 2024. Yeah, um,
2: 2024, yeah. Hey, i I my my uh portal portal tender would be looking like some of my buddies. 6 year eligibility, one one year. I'm I'm not getting swiped on a ton, so I'm getting <laughs> next, like my boys have been. <laughs> the
1: portal is actually there's just a room in the football office where you open the door and it's the wall is just the portal, and some guys get thrown in. And some guys just casually stroll yeah. in themselves.
0: Like the like <laughs> blue's clues, like bow, bow, bow,
3: bow, bow. Is, is, the, is there an option though for like hot or not? Like if you remember that from back in like the late 90s, oh, hot I, or don't, not? I don't.
1: I don't. <laughs> I remember and, the, the, the well, concept my, my, I, where
3: I'm where I'm going with this though is like, is this how you enter the portal? Like would would, would you go for this guy if he was in the portal <laughs> or not? And you can get oh, those right. running percentages from random, <laughs> random coaches <laughs> that are just swiping left and right.
0: Like you have got a match.
1: (laughs) You've got, yeah.
0: But it's
2: East Altona State.
0: (laughs) We want you to come be our starting quarterback, sir. (laughs) All right, let's do it.
2: It's Doug Phillips at Youngstown (laughs) State. Oh, I would go play for Doug. I love Doug. Your NIL
0: includes (laughs) free CCs on Wednesday nights. (laughs) see you
3: later
1: (laughs) that's a good one you see
3: a how many starters do you see coming out of the portal this year beljian doesn't count to this number over under being six and a half
0: quarterback or just offense
1: just in general quarterback wide receiver two three defensive backs Two. three defensive backs rush end
2: we already got him i mean i think
1: six linebacker i think you're i mean i would be shocked if it's not jonathan thompson and dangle maybe the star position i mean so you're I gonna have to have, have the, a different starter star. ace yeah. and greshik those are I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it could be Ken Willis. It could be Sincere Lewis yeah. for pace. It could be Tyler Gillison at the dog position. Uh, I'll go seven. Yeah. But it's, it's uh, that's a, that's
3: good, uh, that's a good number.
1: It's, a, it's, yeah, six and a half with like Merck did the math in his head.
0: Yeah.
1: Six and a half is right where it needs to be because it could well, be do, six, yeah, it could be seven.
0: Good thing and is that's, you, you knock out that whole entire offensive line. You knock out pretty much the defensive line. Um, yeah. That's so. also
3: barring no injury in either spring ball or in camp.
0: Yeah. We'll see, we'll see
1: man. I would say I would say seven. All
3: right. Uh, that's the end of the football portion of the mailbag. Moving oh. on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh, when did each of you get the – first gut feeling that we were not going to win for me it was Olivari's four straight three-pointer
1: 16 to 8 when i saw the script that i have seen so many damn times already <laughs> playing out and it was 16 to 8 with 14 minutes to go in the first half like that here we go here we go uh
3: there was a there was a spot in the second half where I think vic vic had like it was it was when there, there was a drive where he just didn't put his arm up and they xavier scored then he goes down to the other end gets frustrated chucks up a shot doesn't make it he goes back to the, xavier's end they score again it, and then I, I think he got a weird foul somewhere in there um but yeah i don't know it was there was like three straight possessions that just all went xavier's way and i feel like they all involved vic even when he was playing well in that second half and I feel like that was our best shot.
0: Yeah, I for me, I never thought we were gonna lose until the very final buzzer. You never hold out hope, baby. Um, but on a real note, when that uh when that and one three went down, for Oliveri, it was just like, okay, all right, it's that, <laughs> gonna take a perfect close to this game. But I mean, probably probably the McKnight three. Would be the final nail in the coffin. The midnight three was definitely like, yep, that's a wrap. Yeah, because that put him up seven with two minutes left. And we were just like, all right, this can be tough now. So,
3: all right. Uh, CJ has four games out of eight with zero, 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 and three points. There's no way to sugarcoat those numbers against expectations. How do we get him more involved?
1: I think some of that is difficult. Um, just on the basis of teams are going to going to tag him. They are going to do what they can to make sure that he does not get good looks. Um, he's a rhythm
3: shooter, right? He he needs to stay in that rhythm if he's a rhythm yeah. shooter. So if you if you getting him to where he has a, a hand in his face, he's not getting those wide open three looks. It's going to change his game entirely, and I don't know that he's necessarily comfortable playing not in rhythm.
1: I, I just don't know like that there's anything specifically you can do if a team is playing him like that, other than to say, okay, we'll we'll let you take him away, but now we're going to attack the gaps created by you staying on him like a cheap suit. So I I don't know that there's an easy answer. I mean, Wes has talked about having him take a little bit more, like like force it a little bit more. But I don't know that he's a great shooter, like, in those situations. I I think he's got a super quick release. So maybe you could try maybe some curls, maybe some pin downs where – you know, we've seen a couple times where he's hit him like catch bang or like he's still in movement to his spot. When he catches the ball, he lands and he's able to shoot it. <clears throat> Maybe some more stuff like that, but <clears throat> even that stuff's fairly low percentage. Like, I don't know. It, it's difficult because he's not overly a guy really that can that can just catch and like power dribble, straight line drive to the rim. So you know, teams are going to take advantage of that. It, it it means you have to be playing well at all four other spots. That forces the defense to kind of unlock him.
0: Yeah, I think he's got to kind of get that floater down, um, where it's like you know you, you beat a close. That you
1: don't. That's you don't get the floater down, Brent. You right.
0: mean, you know how to shoot a floater or you don't. I've
1: right. never seen a dude. I've never once seen Get it day
0: down day. midway through That's the
1: year. That's bad yeah, I at the floater, he, and then all of a sudden he's dropping in 12-foot well,
0: rainbows. The only reason I say that is because he attempted some in the beginning of the year. So, like, it makes me think that it's in his bag from previous seasons. Did they go in? Um, I think one did. One. He's not but, He's
1: not a float, he's, he's not yeah. float game.
0: Well, he's got to do something because I, if you saw the pump fake just led to him kind of just doing a sidestep and then – Firing up a three. Um
1: but that on. I mean that that can work. That was Landers right. go to yeah. move. Right. Home fake the close out, side dribble three.
0: If, if he can start, he is he's just gotta, just gotta knock him down, man. I he had a lot of open looks. Um and then you saw in the second he half. Two. He
1: had two open looks.
0: What I mean, I am just saying like open looks at the basket. Like in, in the second half, he he didn't shoot. I I saw like two or three different occasions where he was open. And instead of like even looking at the basket to shoot, he kind of just continued the flow of the offense. So again, Wolfie, you don't learn the floater. You either have the
1: floater or you you don't have the floater. Yeah. So I, I've he, never. I just. I, I. Brent, you've been around basketball a long time. I've been basketball yeah, for around basketball a long time. I've never seen a dude go from can't make a floater to like elite at it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. He's. It, It'll it'll come and go, um, or or maybe this is what it is. It's like okay, he's got like three real hot games, and then you know a, a game or two where he's a little off.
1: But Which, th- that's what I think people need to also understand is that hot game affects the next game. Yeah. Because defensively, a team saw him go.
0: You're gonna have four for
1: five. I mean, it. They have to. Yeah he, yeah, he affects the game a ton, even if he doesn't shoot. Yeah. But, Reed. I agree with that. And that's the point I was making. He also can't play 23 minutes and not score. Yeah. There has to be a happy medium of like when his shots not falling, he finds a way to get you five or six points. Because again, if the combination of Dan, CMOS and CJ go for 13 points instead of four, it's a completely different game. And guess what? You're coming up against a uh, three month stretch of top 50 teams. Those guys, when they're not on, have to find a way to get you 15 points right? and not four.
0: Well, and, and then you also see as well as the fact that uh, like Sean Miller said that, you know, the main thing that he talked about with, with Oliveri before the game is not necessarily getting his offense going. It's, shutting down CJ and and making it difficult for CJ to get his shot off. So, um I, if if you are at the top of the game, you know, game plan with with that being the thing, it's going to open up other things, but you got to got to knock at least one or two down <laughs> in in each game or or find ways to get going. I mean, he did have the one, you know, pass to Aziz for the one to oop early in the game. I don't know, that his is that I mean, actually,
1: we talked about yeah. it Saturday. I thought they got with it. Like, he did what they wanted him to do. He was playing right. downhill in the first half. He was one of the only guys being aggressive yeah. and playing towards the basket. He just missed shots.
0: Well, he also had a really good play as well in the first half where he kind of drove on, on a fast break, and Jizzle was trailing, and he and he kicked it back out to Jizzle wide open three, and it, it missed. But, you know, that's, that's a good play that just goes unremembered because, you know, how cold the entire team was for that whole first half. Yes, sir.
3: This has been going X's way since the mid-90s, roughly since the time UC football started to rise up. What impact does the fact that we have football and they don't, budget and attention-wise, have on how much more it seems to mean to them?
1: Zero. Nobody in UC basketball is like, we don't have to beat X because the football team's good. Nobody. Nobody. Like maybe you could make an argument like early heading into the Big East that they're like maybe there was a shift like early in mixed tenure that that football had to kind of get up to speed in the Big East, but uh, I don't think it has any impact. Maybe you guys disagree with me. Um, well, I don't. Cunningham, I don't think it plays any.
3: Cunningham doesn't feel that way, right? Like, I mean, if you're talking budget wise and what have you, like. He's not looking at this like, well, I guess since the football team's doing well, this this game against Xavier doesn't matter.
2: I agree with you, Chad. Yeah. I
3: think
1: I can X I can tell you, fuck. I can tell you that everybody around this program wants to win the game just as badly as the fans. Just I promise, I promise that there's nobody in the program that's like, eh, it's not that big a deal. I promise you that.
3: All right. Is it time for Jizzle to start and CJ to come off the bench?
1: No. Nope. I wouldn't mind. Okay. It is time to try to get them on the floor together a little bit more if Day is comfortable playing the two. But Day is your starter. He's done nothing to lose that job. Getting two fouls in the first half uh, does not change that equation. Three turnovers Jizzle's been awesome So Having two really good point guards is good Again, 34 points uh, On a very Efficient shooting percentage Um, Point guard is not the problem Yeah, Point guard was not the problem Saturday In any way, shape, or form However you want to divvy up the minutes The point guard play was really good
0: and well, and also it's like a situation where Wes has stressed the whole f- starting thing, he doesn't really think about. And and it's more about then you see those late game lineups, you see s- certain situational lineups where it's not necessarily the starters that are out on the court at, at certain times. So I think I think you I think having CJ in the starting lineup is, is good because you can pretty quickly yeah, figure out yeah, if it's gonna be yeah, one of those hot yeah, days yeah. or if it's gonna be you know, one I'm where not you know, talking maybe about. he chips in a different way, so.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that you you start day-day at the two over CJ. Like, yeah. I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Plus, you know what Jizzle benefits from right now? <clears throat> Generally playing against the opposing teams, number, number two. two. yeah. You, Aaron, you want to go back and look at why Jizzle was awesome in that stretch? He was cooking. Trey green cooking. Trey green when Trey green was on the floor to the point that like Sean Miller was pulling Trey green within like 30 seconds yeah. of entering in the game because I Geno had to place
3: 39 cooking
1: minutes.
3: Yes. Yeah. That's, that's got to make this staff feel good about the decision they made to go put all their chips in on, on that's what I over, hinted over, over really Trey, Trey green. <laughs>
1: yeah. Trey green is going to be really good at X. I, I truly sure. believe that. Like I've scouted Trey green enough. I really like his game. Yeah but jizzle was what this staff wanted in a point guard and so they went and got it Mm -hmm. like there there's me saying i think jizzle should at this point continue to come off the bench it's not in any way an indication that i think jizzle is not surging at a rapid rate but i also think he is finding comfort in his role i don't think we need to change his role because Dede's playing well. Like, the guy that he's he's in this with for point guard minutes, if they're both playing well, I think it's okay to keep down the path that you're on outside of maybe, let's see if we can get them on the floor a little bit and see what that dynamic looks like. Because, you know, teams have done that in the past. It would make them a little small, but also could make them defensively, Super pesky. I like. I always used to love those. um and, and Brent will know exactly what I'm talking about. Those old Nova teams, where it felt like your point guard couldn't dribble. Oh, did yeah. Because they were up under your, and like you couldn't, you couldn't get
0: two inches of space. And they would just have ten different ones. That what Randy Boy, right. Nardi, right Lowry, I I always
1: love that. So I don't mind seeing a version of that here. Uh, yeah. But I don't know that, like, I don't know that it comes messing with the starting lineup. I think it's something you could do, like, coming out of the 12-minute break. Yeah. Like, Reed, kind of stop.
3: Too. like Reed, Reed was kind of talking about this in the chat, too. You can't do that if we only have two point guards. You play them late together if need be for small spots if they aren't in foul trouble. Yeah. I think you can do a little bit more than that. But it's got to be – We're not talking eight minutes. You have to, you have to choose stretches. your spots. Yeah, you, you certainly yeah. have to choose your spots. You, you can't do it and, for –
1: Wes is also more of an NBA guy where his rotations are pretty set. So it could be as simple as coming out of the under 12 to like nine minutes. Um, Or you know what I mean? Like where it's whatever the whatever the formula is, we're going to try to get them on the court together for three, four minutes each half and, and see if that helps the offense. All
3: right. Uh, the two base plays down the stretch that caused the loss. And do you feel this team was adequately prepared for the Xavier game?
1: Uh, the Aziz travel, Ugh. which was a ball that was, was given to him in a tough position, down oh, yeah. four. Uh, if he dunks that, you're down two. Just you wait one all the more momentum. second, Dan. Yeah. And then the McKnight three. And do I think they were adequately prepared? Yes, absolutely. Do I think they played well enough? No, that does not necessarily mean. Ryan, how many times did you guys play a game where you were prepared, uh, but you still didn't play all that well? It happens.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We, uh, there's, I'm trying to think, like the UCF game where we got blasted. What was that, my first year? The, The Marshall game that year. Where uh but I'm talking Ohio even ECU. like even like 2021
0: well like I games game. where
1: the Ohio game where you had to escape, the, the ECU yeah. game where you had to escape, uh the, the year that Wiggins was like intercepting balls at the end of every game to SMB. to end it. But I'm talking more like 20 and 21. You guys had a bunch of games that you were clearly better than the other team, you prepared well, but
2: yeah, Maybe. for whatever reason First you didn't quarter. play great. Yeah. Tallane. Yeah. Yep. It happens. Yep. It's part of the game, man. Like the other team's gonna step the other team's not just gonna roll over because you have a better roster and a better record. Yeah. No matter how good you prepare, they're gonna have something different. They're gonna have the same drive to win as you are. And if they don't, then that's a rarity. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should probably not be there. <laughs> from
0: from saturday you can't question the the want and the desire and the i i mean you saw with that first jump ball aziz first ever cross that shootout and he's he's not letting go of that jump ball with with, with uzman and uzman's you know big fellow over there for them but it was a I, I don't know can't can't fault their effort in the in the game so i think they were prepared just shots not fall and uh Things You know, Xavier came into this game as, like, one of the worst teams in, in the luck percentage. That I thought you were going to say in the NCAA. Contract. What's that?
3: I thought you were just going to say in the NCAA, having lost to Delaware
1: <laughs>
3: right and Oakland. Yeah, oh. it's,
0: it's it, like they're one of the worst luck percentages. Well, I'm sure that, like, amped up a bunch after this game because, like Chad was mentioning, a lot of just those 50-50 balls went their way. A lot of those floaters in the lane that they missed against Delaware went in against Cincinnati. It was just... They had a guy that's shooting 15% from three,
1: hit two of the biggest shots of the game for them.
0: Yeah. Come on. Uh, T-Win,
1: can we uh, have a press conference with the players where they talk smack in the same room like a UFC weigh-in? Uh, that's essentially what happened the year of the brawl. So, no, they're not going to allow that to happen uh, ever again. The,
3: the, 90s, the 90s attitude era is, is far gone. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's not happening, T-Win.
3: Uh, Seems the prevailing thought on the board from this weekend is Wes isn't a good enough coach or a good X's and O's guy. Is that really the case? I see a lot of sets for open shots out there that we can't seem to hit when it matters.
1: I'd say about 97% of the time, the people that say a guy is not a good X's and O's guy, they don't know X's and O's. Like they couldn't sit down in a room on a whiteboard and draw a play like any play they wouldn't know what horns or floppy or inverted post or runner runner baseline or like they wouldn't know any of those things so that's you know i don't put a lot into it um if the team was poorly coached they wouldn't be in the you know right around 30 in rpi
0: anything to add brent I agree um, with, with everything Chad said. I think – Uh, I mean, it, it, every coach has their duties on his staff, but I think that – Uh, I, I mean, it's – X's and O's are only as good as your, your your players are, you know, making the shots and making the right plays that come out of the X's and O's. So, you know, it's like the whole thing. Like when, when Vic set his career high in assists, he's like, well, you know, it's not like I'm making any different passes. The guys are just making the shots when I found them. So, right. you know, it's well, it's just – X's and nose look great when you're knocking down a bunch of shots, and then just start uh, crushing them when when the shots aren't falling.
1: Uh, Reed, just to be clear, they did not take Purdue down to the wire. They were down double digits that entire game. They just didn't get blown out.
0: And Purdue like, played like poop
1: in that game. And that game was never closer than ten, was it? Like Brent, like no, it down was, the stretch, it, it was like it was ten. It was ten to fifteen the entire game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the. Question from the mailbag, though, takes me back to a question from the chat that I think Chad tried to answer at one point, but then I don't know if he got interrupted or interrupted himself, uh, but either way, um, at what point do we worry about the on-court
1: results? Uh, When they stop improving. (laughs) I'm not sure
3: what that was in reference to.
1: I mean, I'm sure it's going to be like they're 1-16 in quad one games. Well, yeah, for two years, you didn't have a team that was good enough to beat quad one teams. And like it you know, like uh, the roster matters. If you don't have a roster that's good enough to win those games, you're gonna lose a lot of those games
3: if you if you go into conference play this year and say you finish at six and six and twelve, are you starting to get concerned?
1: A little bit, yeah. I mean, if you're six and twelve and all you beat are the teams below you then, yeah, that's a reason to say, like, Wes has got to figure something out. He's got to figure out how to win some of these games against teams that are better. Um, but until then, like, they've, you know, they they won. It's not – they're not losing many games that they're supposed to win. Like, the Xavier game was a coin flip. Um, they have, for the most part, dominated the point spread so far this year. The schedule hasn't been great by any stretch of the imagination, but they're they're performing above expectations in uh, all every game, but like three of the eight. So Brent, Brent,
3: you followed the K Ford stuff, right? The what? K Ford?
1: K Ford? Isn't that the name of the people who? Ken Palm?
3: No, not Ken Palm. The other one, anyway. Disregard.
0: The Bartorvik.
1: No, not that one either.
0: Anyway. There's so said, many. There's like 14 of them. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's <laughs> K Ford, I think it's football. Well, it, it says college basketball power rankings too. Yeah. So yeah. I don't follow Kelly Ford, but maybe I will.
1: Ask him next week, Aaron.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Why is this not deja vu with football this year? Start off strong, then lose to a rival.
1: Because this isn't a roster that has a crap ton of holes like the football roster did. I think it's as simple as that. Like, we I, knew I, in I, football there were holes.
3: It's it's kind of, for me, it goes back to people saying that the UC... Complaining that you see Xavier isn't a rivalry anymore. Why are we playing this game? Xavier always beats the brakes off Cincinnati. Why are we doing this? We shouldn't even schedule the game anymore. You could make the same argument for Miami, really. Up until this year, you had won what, what was, was it 15 13 in track? a row? 15. No,
1: 15 or 16 in a row. Uh,
3: so yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a rival. It's still rivalries are not based on wins and losses entirely, they're based on. Regions—they're based on bragging rights. They're based on what, how much that one win means when you finally get that one win, because of the regional. Just go—I don't know. I, I think it's based on more than just record.
1: I, I was talking to somebody that's fairly new in town recently, and they were talking about like the lead up to this game and like the fans uh, for UC saying like, you know, well we always just say it's just another game. And I'm like, the the difference being is Xavier is willing to say whether they like they know they have a shit ton of other massive games coming up. They're in a league with UConn and Marquette and Creighton, three of the best teams in the country. They know that they have a bunch of other big games on the schedule this season. But you know what they say? They say this is the biggest game of the year. The optics of it matter like they don't shy away from this is the biggest game of the year uh even if they don't believe it they are willing to say it publicly and it has not been something that you see is willing to say publicly and maybe until that changes we we get what we get
3: all right anything else for you here Brent no How many minutes do you think Jizzle will be playing by end of year, currently averaging 17 and a half minutes per game?
1: Uh, If they figure out a way to play them together, uh, I'd say that probably jumps up to 21, 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Um, I think he's in a really good sweet spot for a freshman point guard. Uh, It's very similar to the minutes Troy was playing when he was a freshman. Um and he turned out to have a phenomenal career. Uh, I, I don't think as you get into the Big 12 that you want to put the burden of him of being like 25, 26, 27 minutes a game. He might be re- he might be ready for it. I might be wrong. But I think it's easier to keep him in that 20 to 23, 24-minute range
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in year one, especially you've got to... I don't know why we're doing this to Day-Day right now.
0: Yeah, that's Day-Day's a stud. If, if Day-Day really didn't good. get in foul trouble, then he he could have maybe had those moments. You know what I mean? It's just...
1: Right. Like, I, I don't understand the need to undermine a guy that's having a really good year uh, just to elevate Jizzle. You can do both. Yeah. Like, if both are... Re- Guess what? like I like I was joking earlier. If both your if those guys are scoring 34 points a game combined in their 40 minutes, who buddy? <laughs> yeah. Like you're good at point guard. The problem in the shootout was wing. It wasn't yeah. point guard, it was wing. Right. So let's let's let them both play really well. How about that? Both is good. I yeah, agree. I'd,
3: I'd love to see him up into that 21 22 minutes
1: yeah as long and i as don't think that's conti- a massive no
3: as long as it continues to make the strides in the right direction
1: yeah and i think that is i think that is like we're looking at like if they can play together two three minute stretches in each half all of a sudden now he's at 21 22 23 minutes how much faster um, can
3: your offense move with both those guys into
1: my goodness right right Guess what you can do with both of them in the game? Somebody gets a rebound, you've Run. got point guards on either side. Run. It's not got, just waiting to find the one.
3: Gunners. You've got gunners.
1: <laughs> right. You've got gunners on the wings looking to get downhill. Mate, mate. Uh, anyway.
3: Uh, what has to happen to get Gissel and Day-Day on the court at the same time as it has been practiced with CJ? Anthony or CMOS need to play two to six minutes of point guard to make this work. I know we've talked an awful lot about – the beginning part of this question, I have this here for the end part of the question.
1: Um, I don't think they'd need to do a whole lot different in terms of, like, how much either are playing because they're both right in that 17 to 23-minute range, which is not incredibly taxing. Um, I, I, You would just basically have to come up with, like, in the script that Wes has that, you know, Jizzle is out, and then when he checks in, they both play together. And then when that segment ends, day day checks out. So like, yeah. you have to manage it in that kind of way. Where you have, yeah, you have one of them in, and then they're both in, and then the one that just came in stays on the floor, and the other one comes off for a sub. If you manage it in that fashion, it's they've done it with the five, they've done it with the four. Like it can be done at point guard. Yeah, where you know, okay, this is how we're moving the chess pieces on the board. Uh, that doesn't require you to play somebody else at point Well,
0: and and you also think about it. They're they're eight games into the season, and this is like Wes is still figuring out the best you know rotations, the best. Oh, and
1: and they're lineup. just now figuring, starting the, like on the cusp of figuring out his ease, right? And you potentially might have to work Jameel,
0: right? Exactly
1: so into like- that equation as well.
0: But That's where the NCAA
1: can go fuck themselves, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We should have been able to do this from the start, right? You shouldn't have to incorporate one five games into the season and incorporate yeah. another nine or ten games into the season. Like,
0: come on! And you're finally at full strength
1: in mid-January. Yeah, like four <laughs> games into the Big Twelve play, you're finally like, like comfortable.
3: Right. Neither of them having come off of injury or anything. <laughs>
1: ridiculous
3: can you get jc on again i want to find out if uc plans a halftime celebration to honor the fifth anniversary of the last team that beat xavier
1: fucking hilarious thanks for wasting 30 seconds of the show
3: you're welcome all right that's the end of the basketball portion of the mailbag moving on to the last part of the mailbag everyone's favorite um we'll start here let's just start here food related
1: what is your favorite food steak a good there's nothing better than a good steak and potatoes i like lots of things give me steak and potatoes
2: the chicken parm made by my grandmother and then my mom is the second second place Hey, Capiz. Royer, you
3: you you weren't you weren't here when we were talking about the uh the Giants quarterback, his family's tailgate. Oh was the veto, yeah. The straight, they were giving out
1: cutlets. Great Jer- Jersey
2: Italians,
1: yeah. Royer. Did they serve pasta with the, the chicken parm? Like Italian families don't really do pasta with chicken parm, right? It's its own individual thing. There we might be would, a side of pasta. We're
2: well, well, we, talking about when my 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 uh, grandma. And when your grandma makes make, it? like she well, did they yeah, just make would, chicken well. We were hungry as hell. Like we're because okay. we were growing up, you know, okay. like playing football. Like we were eating like a, a huge ass plate of pasta, two cutlets of the chicken parm. Like we're all over it. But but my point
1: being the chicken parm is cutlets of chicken parm. It, it the pasta is like an, a, a
2: separate oh, thing. Oh yeah 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 yes.
3: Chicken parm, you
2: taste so
3: good.
2: I'm feeding okay. into the uh, stereotypes of my. I look, there's nobody that loves chicken parm <laughs> as much as me. I'd still just rather have a steak.
0: I love yeah. steak too. I, dude, yeah, I. Lo- I, go
2: I love burgers, man. Oh, simple man. I just went to Delwood again. Got the burger. Oh, Delwood has guy. great burgers, man. So good. Are you more it's, into it's, this
0: this smash burger trend or you? Yeah. You're like a classic. I'm a burger. smash.
2: I'm a smash burger guy. Okay. At least like I don't like the big thick burgers, you know. Right. If right. you
1: like In n Out, Delwood is the closest thing you're going to get to In n Out in Cincinnati. Okay. It's not Del fast food. Legit. It's it's bar like bar food, but Delwood's burgers fast. are legit. Is
2: there anywhere else great I need fries to try, to Chad? It.
1: Uh have you been to Terry's? No. Oh, you gotta go to Terry's. Where's it at? Uh it's right by it's on right by Delwood kinda. Um, it's right on uh like River Road or whatever. Uh you know where Eli's is? Eli's barbecue?
2: Yeah. No, it's I it, like
1: it. it's all it's down all in that same area by okay. uh by Lunkin. By Lunkin, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you. It, Love Terry's a is a place with butter. all the neon signs.
3: All the shit on the walls? Oh, you mean shenanigans? No, outside, Whoa. it's
1: all neon. Like, there's so much shit on the walls. But outside, there's a ton of neon signs. And they have all kinds of crazy shit you can put on the burgers.
2: But they're they're, their
1: their burgers are outstanding. Uh, also, Ryan, if, you, if you're old school, like, the if Zips you're legit old school... There's a place in Covington called Herb and Thelma's that literally feels like you walk back in time, and it's uh-huh. like it's like a flat top and a bar from like the forties. Uh-huh. Like it's just behind the behind the bar, they have a flat top, and they'll make you burgers, and they are unbelievable, oh unbelievable. Herb Let's and Thelma's. Herb with the. With a B, Herb H E R B Herb and
2: Thelma. Let's Thelmus. go. That's like a like notes apps going nuts right now. Hey, hey, hey.
1: Look, if if you're like uh like it's like a Wednesday at like two <laughs> o'clock and you want a burger, go there, get a burger, get a cold one. Like it's it's okay. it's how you spend like a a random off day on a like a Wednesday.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Zips. I always walk past it over in that little square. I never Zips know is good. Way. Yeah, zips is good, but I think I like Delwood better.
3: They're smash burgers though. So, I mean, if you're looking yeah. to try a different I smash think burger, Del
2: Delwood's like one of the best burgers that like I had I've I think I've had, like it comes to my mind like right away.
1: So there was one day Kelly had an appointment and we were gonna go to Terry's, but they were closed for lunch, and then we went up the hill and zips was closed. So we were just in that mountain lookout square area. And Delwood was the only place that was open. So we like stumbled in there. And we were both like, (laughs) oh, like this slaps. This is is a heavy hitter. This is fucking good. Silver Spring House for chicken. Yeah, Silver Spring House has awesome chicken. No lie.
3: Especially during the summer when it's all open air and all
1: that. Had two Baconators today. Jeffrey, you sick fuck. Why
0: would you have two Baconators? That's a lot. Can't answer well, that. well, it depends on how many patties he's getting on. Maybe
3: he had one for lunch and one for dinner. You didn't. You don't know when the time spans were. That's really. Gross. I don't like,
1: especially if <laughs> like if I think of I think of a baconator as minimum a double, right?
0: Yeah.
1: If you're doing baconator, you're not doing a single.
0: Yeah. You're doing a look double quad, though. Look at that <laughs> <Clarkside>. <laughs> Parkside,
3: Parkside has Chad.
0: I'm also gonna throw my name in, my hat in there for pizza, man. I love fuck. I,
1: the fuck. other thing, Royer, have you ever been out to Fifty West, like their complex,
2: oh yes, their burgers are outstanding. Yeah, their burgers are really you mean really good. The one good. with the big the the volleyball courts and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, their burgers. They've got like a little burger place right there. That is that is really really good.
3: All right. Um, And the last question then, rapid fire, assuming catastrophic power loss during a cold snap, think Aaron's normal life who survives the longest from the BCJ, assuming the power never comes back
2: on
1: Ryan. (laughs) I
2: I think Ryan
1: would like, I think Ryan would have some survival instincts. I'm soft as shit. I wouldn't last long. (laughs)
2: I try to learn as much as I can, but I don't have a lot of infield experience. I'm gonna say I used to camp a lot
1: when I was a kid, so maybe that that helps. Like we used to cook a lot by the campfire. I love you know fire pit Fridays.
3: I I feel like Brent just has like a a survival pack packed in his closet that he's never used, but has it just in case. Why? Because he's just saw it one day and thought it. Brent went to
1: finishing school. Look, I'm He's saying. not going to survive the longest? Look, hey, he can man. also
3: talk his He talks his way into the craziest shit I've ever seen in my
1: life also. He's going to, yeah, he might talk his way into somebody else, like, keeping him alive. We didn't get Aaron or Brent's favorite food.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm burgers, for sure. Burgers. I, I said pizza. I, I love pizza, but
1: <laughs> everything
0: else you guys said is, is awesome, too, so.
1: Oh, I mean I like I could go with burritos because you can just put anything inside. Like like they've they've made a an entire like they just call it rats, but yeah. they're just fucking burritos. Like they're yeah. just burritos with American <laughs> stuff in them. Like
0: let's put a, let's put a Caesar salad in a burrito. Right. Call it a
1: rat. <laughs> call it a rat. No, that's a Caesar salad burrito.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> that's just
3: tasty. Uh, continuing this theme, who dies first and why is it Aaron? Yes, it's probably Sorry. Aaron. Sorry. Yes, I'm not that's, that's fine. <laughs> and then, I'm not sure if there was a typo here or what he's even saying here. Sweets theme to finish Skittles or Reese's Pieces. I don't know what sweets theme means.
1: Like sweets. like yeah, would he's, you rather? He's having like you can only have one. Would you rather have oh. Skittles or Reese's Pieces?
2: Commas are your friend. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, Reese's Pieces. Reese's sure. Pieces, for give sure. Give me that Reese.
0: Hey, hey, what's your guys' favorite Reese?
2: A cup. The one where you Reese. have to peel? Yeah, the- the old, Not the small Reese. cup, the normal cup. The classic cup? Dude, classic- what about what about the trees and the pumpkins, like the seasonal ones? <laughs> They're good. They're <laughs> good, but I still, just trees. give me an old-school Reese Cup. The tree uh, might be my second, and then mini cup third.
3: No, the only Bill's tree pepper. that I'm eating, the only tree I'm eating is the the zebra cake tree. That's the the, the Christmas tree, little Debbie. Like, give me that. I saw a um, nah, the I, saw I
1: saw a uh, a TikTok today where they turned those into a Christmas dip. Where you like? My sister it. had that
3: last year, and it was it was mid. I don't know. She okay. also told us she made it for a party the weekend before, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not eating that. You, you... Well,
1: yeah, not if it's a week. Later. I let
3: everybody else tell me it was mid, and that's fine. <laughs> um, Tastes like I, a deep I, old dip right here. I did see that they there's a, apparently a cheesecake you can make using these these Christmas trees. And I'm all in on that. I this is happening. I will Would you you use know it for the it crust. Is. No, you use wafers as the crust, but you put this into your fill and to the cream cheese. Make it, it's your main ingredient for your fill. But I I I, look, it's happening.
1: Christmas trees trees are delicious. I I, love the Christmas trees. I love the Christmas
0: trees. Come on now. XX Wolfie knows the trees of the eggs, the Reese's seasonals. I can eat a hundred. There's no doubt. Now, my question is, what do you guys think about the Reese's fast break? Huh?
3: Again, I don't know where this is. What, what what is this? What is you this know,
1: actually, you want You want to know sneaky? Like my it. favorite, my favorite peanut butter candy bar, Snickers peanut butter. Oh, fire! Fire! I love Snickers peanut butter.
0: Might be a hot take, but my least favorite Reese's, the Reese's Pieces.
1: And I said the same thing. The,
0: my,
3: that's my favorite Reese's, the piece, and you can put it in a, a blizzard. Which I I don't know.
0: Least favorite is the. Oh, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong.
3: And ice cream is the best. Get us out of here,
0: Uh, T. Wen,
1: we are gonna rip on, we are gonna hate on Brent going to finishing school for as long as this podcast exists.
0: Man, what the the hell is finishing school? I went to
3: Catillion. It's it's also not finishing school. Thug life is also not on his chest. It's above his belly.
0: Yeah. That's right. He has
3: no regrets uh, <laughs> on
0: his chest. no regrets, maybe. Come no regrets. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> all
0: right, <clears throat> we got past the uh, post cross town shootout show. That's uh, that's all we got to say. Um, big shouts to uh, to my boy Danco Joe at Danco Transmission Care. Big shouts to uh, Quick Paper Supply for their beautiful timestamps and, and all everything else they bring us. Uh, shouts to Homefield Apparel. Shouts to uh, to Bearcat fans, man. The uh, it's not the end of the world. Game on. Games tomorrow night. We've got Dayton on on Saturday. A chance to really really get things heading in the right direction with it with a team that is is a really good team. So um, and of course, portal season is upon us. Stay locked in. BCJ's got you covered on on everything. Anything else to add, guys? Before we shut this one down? Nope. All right. Well, for my pals,
3: Cut it out.
0: Crew Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!